Hello, and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about Infinity Train. My name is Patch, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal on the podcast car. It's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian? Doing alright, I'd say, all things considered. Uh, I'm glad I to hear that. Yep, I know we both uh, did one thing in particular this week that we both ended up doing, and because uh, we both went to the movies, huh? That's true. I do do that sometimes. Yeah. I haven't, before Monday, I hadn't been back to, in the movie theater in over three years. <laughs> That's quite a break, goodness. Well, I mean, the last movie I'd seen was Rise of Skywalker, and then like two months later, oh, hey, COVID. Hmm. <laughs> well, I don't blame you for not going yeah. back after watching Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> also that, yeah. <laughs> Even COVID aside... As bad as string of sentences that says, COVID aside, uh, yeah, no, Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> bad film. For the longest time, I was like, is that going to be the last movie I ever see in theaters? Because COVID ain't going away anytime soon. But uh, yeah, no, I liked that because like, I don't think the D&D movie is that popular. I, I, think, I feel like it's getting word of mouth, but I don't think a lot of people really went to see it, right? Uh, I think it opened with 38 million, which is not a very good opening weekend. Mm, yeah. I mean, what did it uh, go? Wasn't there something big that released during the weekend I went up against? Like, obviously, at this point, it's probably getting absolutely hosed by the Mario movie, you know? Um. I do not know. Let's see. Because uh, that released on essentially Friday, so. Might have been. Uh, 31st? Um, oh, yeah. The Tetris movie. Uh, God, it, I, for, I did not realize the Tetris movie is out. <laughs> yep. Yeah, definitely um, there is nothing big against it last week. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess there is that. Like, I'm looking down this list and it's like, yeah, I don't really see much anything that's, like, noteworthy that seemed like it was, like, being attentive. But I guess it's like really, it's like, yeah, like, but the D&D movie is like, well, who are the people that are going to go see it? It's people like us, really. It's people <laughs> in their 30s who have been playing tabletop games for a long time kind of deal. So it's like, it, it doesn't have like a mass audience appeal, like, you know, something like Mario will, because it's like, oh, it's the kid movie, let's go see the Mario movie. Oh, yeah, deal. well, at my theater, they did the stupid thing with the tissue paper to make all the lamps look like torches, so clearly it was popular. Ah, uh, that, that was neat, at least. <laughs> I did I did see that uh, Zoe on Twitter said that uh, her movie theater had, like, a D20 popcorn bucket, which, of course, she bought because she's, she's like, look, don't judge. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I didn't see anything like that. But then again, I went and saw it at 10 p.m. on Monday this week. And that movie theater were completely empty. <laughs> it was just <laughs> me. Which, I mean, I intentionally did that. I tried to go to the movie theater, like, on the showing that would definitely not have much traffic. Just because it's like, yeah, who's going to go see a movie at 10 p.m. on a Monday night? Absolutely fucking nobody. My theater was not empty, but it was close. And it was... Uh... <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Because I saw it Thursday night, the night it opens, at, like, 8 p.m. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait. How would you have seen it Thursday night at 8pm if we were recording the podcast like an hour later? What? No, you're you right, said, I did. Yeah, That's you right. must have seen it, did you see it Wednesday? Because like, all like, air quotes Friday movies release on Wednesdays nowadays. That must have been it, yeah, because yeah. I don't... 
Because I can't do Fridays. That's game night. So, okay. Yeah, and, and Thursdays podcast obviously I mean, we didn't delay until like 10 30 because you were like hey i wouldn't get to see the dd movie bye <laughs> we could have <laughs> we could have but then it's like we would have started pretty late <laughs> i mean to be fair I, I think we went like what an hour 40 last episode so it wouldn't have been that bad and too late to have started then whatever i guess yeah yeah no uh i i liked it it's 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 not a movie that's gonna set the world on fire, obviously by the fact that it's not doing the greatest, and also it's like, you know, it's it's kind of like that same like kind of movie cut from like, the MCU cloth, I would say, in terms of like there's there's silly jokes and wisecracking, but it's like, I feel like it's like at least earned or at least it's not as cringy just because like they're clearly having fun with it, and it's like they have so many practical effects that they just like yeah we wanted to make this just feel like it's like an actual movie compared to CGI vomit fest that you see these days. Yeah. And also clearly the people behind it know the, the game system and wanted to just be like, yeah, this is just a group of people sitting around a table playing up this bullshit at times. They're going to, they're going to, you know, say shitty things and wisecrack and stuff. Cause that's how players are at any group. It's like all the all times right. that, like there were so many times that I was like, yeah, this definitely feels like this is like an idea that the group came up with, not their characters kind of deal. Of like, <laughs> this is this is just them t- trying to see how much they can get away with the GM knowing the system. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> just a touch. Yeah. But, uh, apparently I was very wrong because the receipts say that I saw it on Sunday, so I'm just all over the place. To, to be fair, it's your le- it's like you're in the midst of like finals and stuff for school in your final semester, so it's like, yeah, it, it makes sense if you're not keeping track of the days as much. Yay, <laughs> two Yay. weeks to go. Yep, you're getting there, though. The 14th is the official last day of classes. And then I have to figure oh, out what happens been- next. Okay, I guess because you were saying that you were, like, dealing with, like, a group project earlier this week. I thought that you were, like, your classes was ending this week and then, like, finals was next week or something. Not, uh, well, no, remember, the master's level, there's no final test. It's all projects. Oh, right. Oh, that sucks. Hopefully you don't have group projects for everything. Yeah. Because, um... like, group projects in college fucking suck. <laughs> They do. Like they, they really they suck super enough do. In, they suck enough in high school, but it's like at least everybody, like, presumably is going to be there in class unless they're, like, out sick or playing hooky or something. In college, nobody, like, comes after you if you miss a bunch of class. You're just going to fucking fail. <laughs> and the teacher doesn't give a shit because they're getting paid. Of the three major projects I have left, two of them are group ones. <laughs> oh, good. Great. <laughs> And one of them is with the person who screwed me over already. Fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's the worst. It's just so bad. Like, the last group project I had to do in my final semester as well was, like, part of my lin- lin- uh, bleh, linguistics class, and it's like, oh, that sucked. It's just like, yep, y'all are just filling this in and not knowing anything to talk about when it comes to the presentation and meanwhile i'm like i'm prepared and i hope the teacher sees that this isn't on me (laughs) (laughs) we didn't fail or anything but it's like i think we got like a c plus because it's like cool thanks guys (laughs) yeah for sure Mm -hmm. yep it's uh it's bad college should not ever have to make you do group work i get that they want to put you in like a situation of like well this is basically what's gonna be like in the real world because you're gonna have shit co-workers who aren't gonna do shit and try to pass it off to you but it's like yeah but also you don't have to deal with that nearly as much like 
if if I'm gonna deal with that like basically for the next like uh, twenty plus years of working a job, I would at least not want to deal with that for like another few years, <laughs> in terms of being in school. I mean, that's a very generous interpretation, but I promise you the reason is just because they don't want to have to grade as many papers. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's like that it's like that uh freaking i don't want to make it sound like i'm being disparaging of the subject but that ecofeminism class i took back in uh oh uh, that was my last semester of college i think it was when it's like that class was originally advertised as women in literature not ecofeminism it was the first day of class the teacher said that i'm like well i already had to drop out of japanese 212 so <laughs> Oh wait, no, no. This 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 is different timing, right? Two twelve was uh spring semester of no no yeah spring semester of my third year because I had to take Spanish uh, one eleven and one twelve over the summer in order to take two eleven and two twelve in my last year to graduate on time because again for some reason my English major new card two level two hundred language classes I get <laughs> I guess linguistics or whatever it's part of that but it's like. The final thing was like, oh, you can either all do a project together or you can do a five-page paper. I'm like, I'm definitely going to just do the fucking paper. <laughs> why the fuck would I trust other people for my grade? <laughs> and then my entire <sighs> paper was just telling that teacher, your take on the subject is bullshit, and I got a B plus. And it counted as one of my uh, upper writing requirements that I needed, where I needed two papers that were at least five pages long from a 300-plus English class that had a B plus or higher to graduate. And I used that. <laughs> That teacher sucked. I think she got fired shortly after. <laughs> Pretty sure I heard that she at least left my college. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she sure did show us a movie adaptation of a book we were... Uh, I think... She, I don't know. I forget if you were reading it or not. But she sure showed us a movie adaptation of a book that really implies a lot of incest between a dad and his daughter. And it's like, Jesus Christ, lady, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, please, no. <laughs> Again, not trying to sound disparaging about ecofeminism because, you know, it turns out a lot of people don't give a shit about the environment and a lot of them are, like, billionaire white dudes, but it's like, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe figure out a better way to approach the subject lady for rather than this. Yeah, that would be yeah. good. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, D&D. &D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. I... I, I liked, like, you know, obviously we don't get a, like, a huge amount of monsters, but also, like, the group in general is not really, like, kind that go around fighting monsters and not that kind of adventures, really. But I do like the monsters that were in it. Still surprised yeah. that they put a displacer beast in there of, like, all the classic D&D monsters. I wasn't expecting Big Murder Kitty. I don't know why. It's, like, one of the top five. I think because I was like, okay, I heard that there was a dragon. I saw, like, the trailer that showed the mimic, and it's like, obviously you have to have a mimic in there because you need a mimic. It's <laughs> like, I, I guess when it comes to it, I would expect, like, something like, I don't know, fucking Beholders or, like, some reason I was thinking, like, maybe they would do, like, a reference to the flumps because everybody loves the flumps. <laughs> to be fair, no I, only really know, I only really know flumps because of Warrior of the Stick because they were, like, a two second edition monster. <laughs> At the time, wasn't I? Don't, did Flumps ever get translated to fourth or fifth edition? I know they I weren't. I believe in one of the wild magic abilities causes Flumps to appear. So <laughs> great. <laughs> I I need to check that to make sure. Because <laughs> it'd be very funny. Because again, everybody loves the Flumps. They're just stupid. <laughs> uh... Oh yeah, yeah. 30, 37 and thirty-eight on the roll. One d six Flumps controlled by the DM appear in unoccupied spaces in 60 feet of you and are frightened of you. They vanish after one minute. <laughs> there we go. All right, cool. Flumps are in 5th edition. 
Looks like they're in the original monster manual, so they were brought away right in right away. Uh, that, yeah, because I, I knew that they weren't in 3.5, because that was the joke in order to stick of like, oh, they're all second edition monsters, they never got brought over the third in 3.5. Yeah. So, yeah, they ever brought them back in fourth, where they immediately were like, let's bring the flumps, because people like the flumps <laughs> for fifth edition immediately. But yeah, it's like, again, it's like, I get that, like, uh, obviously, like, even if you don't know D&D monsters, like, you understand what the Displacer Beast is doing, because you see it doing the little, like, wiggly things with the tendrils and all. Now, see, I didn't like that very much. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I see it as, like, it's, like, yeah, it's a visualization of it, because I'm pretty sure that's not what they do in No, game, it sure right? isn't. Yeah. But those are just tentacles that they use to kill you. <laughs> and well, the, I mean, the monster itself is, like, wavery and unplaceable. Yeah, I guess. But, like, I mean, again, there's a lot of stuff in that movie that I feel like they did it because it just made for a better cinematic version, rather than just being, like... I mean, it's like everybody brings up, like, well, Doric wild shapes, like, six or seven times before taking a long rest during the chase sequence, and it's like, yeah, but that's also cool. <laughs> like, she doesn't cast spells, so it's like she's probably using, like, a different version that Druid she and the GM came up with that's like, I, I don't mean, want to cast spells, I just want to do monster stuff. She's clearly a level 20 Druid, that's not, all it takes. <laughs> from the stat block you showed me, she's, like, level 6 or 5, all the group is, she's definitely not an Arch Druid. Now, I have to argue with that, they are CR 5, that is enough to be 5 <laughs> or 4 5th level players, that is very different. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see them as I just don't see her as being a twentieth level character. <laughs> I mean, at one point, I mean, uh, Simon did say that it was like the the bridge being out was too far for telekinesis, and I guess just general spoiler for D and D movie at this point, I guess. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I looked it up. Telekinesis is the fifth level spell, so it's like yeah. I, gu I guess he can cast fifth level, even though it's like well, we never see him do anything like big bombastic but like also i feel like that's just part of him just being like yeah i want to be like the support caster and not just firewall everything yeah i mean when it comes down to it the movie really doesn't follow the game at all yeah. in a lot like, of ways it, it follows so. like it follows like basic parts of it because it's like yeah like you can clearly see that they fall into archetypes like they're using terms like sorcerer and druid and stuff like that and like Oh yeah. Despite not looking like it, they do call Doric a tiefling, and it's like that's probably my biggest complaint with the movie is that she needs to look more like a tiefling rather than just like an, a girl kind of raised by elves. Because like again, it was like maybe like ninety minutes into the movie before I was like, oh, she has a tail, because I just hadn't seen her tail at all. Yeah, her so tail's thin. just not there until all of a sudden it is in that one scene, I, and I, then it becomes a, like a plot device a few minutes later. I think, no, I, they, I, think like, I think her tail is there all the time. It's just really hard to notice because it's so wispy and thin. Well, the thing is, is that they don't show her from the waist down for most of the movie, so it's just not there. Uh, maybe that's why I was like, because it was like around the time when like she was like uh, going through the the, the, the aka portal gun staff that it's like, oh, she yeah, has that's a tail. exactly it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's like they actually show her like, you know, entire body. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. It, it, I guess it would have been, like, just a little bit too taxing to have, like, a main character and, like, as much, like, makeup to have her have, like, you know, like, the tiefling, like, pinkish reddish skin with, like, purple hair or something. But I feel like they had to, like, go a little bit more. Like, again, if if her tail was, like, just more noticeable or if her horns were larger, then it's like, okay, yeah, I can tell that that's more tiefling. But, like, obviously tieflings don't have to have large horns. It's variations and stuff. But Listen, it's just, like, James just... Cameron painted 80 people blue and made them 9 feet tall. They could afford to do one pink uh, person. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Concer <laughs> considering that, like, most of the cast are just humanoids, except for, like, some, like, side characters, like, 
you know, like the council early on, where it's mm-hmm. like that's an impressive, like, you know, practical effect for the Aracocra and the Dragonborn. And the cat <laughs> and I, baby. I, yeah, the, uh, the cat baby I found a little bit weird. I was okay with like the normal. <laughs> I, was okay with, I was okay with the outfit for the Tabaxi, but the Tabaxi baby was just strange to me. I think. Maybe it's just because I never thought about what a tabaxi baby would look like. I a guess. kitten, obviously. I guess it's like I guess it's just because it's like it's a kitten, but it's not like it's not like it, you know it's like baby human version of what uh, like a, a kitten <laughs> infant would look like compared to just being a kitten. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I think maybe it was because like the tabaxi was holding it like a human baby compared to like by the scruff of its neck. Maybe that's why it's like being like this is this this baby prop is weird. <laughs> <laughs> tabaxi otherwise fine I, I like that there was a tabaxi but it's like yeah but it's like there's so few of them but it's like again that's a you know it's a whole deal of like yeah we obviously need to have like a we need to be smarter about our budget this isn't the largest movie so it's like they have them and they use them when it really matters I, I like the I like the jokes about Jonathan <laughs> Jonathan's <laughs> rules I like Jonathan <laughs> Because, like, I like the practical effect where it's, like, the sh- they show the hot behind the scenes when it's him, like, practicing out the wings and all, just walking around. And it's, like, and then, like, uh, the bit with, like, the motion capture for the dragonborns talking. And it's, like, oh, that was actually neat. That's just a puppet. That's cool. And and then they do the joke with Jonathan twice, and it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Also, the name Jonathan is just funny. <laughs> he's not Jonathan. He's Jonathan. Well, Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, it's like, that's very clearly a thing they're pointing at, though, right? Because your players are Holga and Edigan and Doric and Simon. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the one person who didn't get the pay, the message about fantasy naming, that's all. Or, or it's like uh, like the GM had to be like, ah, oh, fuck, shit, 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 they're asking me what the names of these counselors are. Fuck, ah, uh, Jonathan, god, <laughs> fuck, damn it, whatever. And the players are like, oh, I love Jonathan. And it's like, I guess that's just sticking now. All right, whatever, my bullshit stuck. It worked, sure, let's go on, let's move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, most of them, it's like, okay, Simon is like a normal-ass name, and like even Kira is, but it's like, like most of them are like yeah this is a fancy name because it's like he's edgin instead of ed like edward or something (laughs) (laughs) but and holgan instead of helga obviously but it's like yeah no it's it's just a fun movie it's they they just clearly had so much fun just doing this goofy shit (laughs) sink provokes so many opportunity attacks and no one goes after him for it yeah ridiculous Uh Mm -hmm. sure does (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe they all maybe they all have cunning action. The GM just decided to do that, or the GM just doesn't. It's like the GM's first time uh, campaign, and like running a campaign, and it's just like, wait, oh god, there were reactions this whole time. Shit. <laughs> I guess oh, well, to be fair, that was like a cutscene fight for the player's benefit. So. Yeah. Because no way was that guy. I mean, that was a DM PC for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Zeng does everything while the rest of them just stand around. It's like, I, do we get any of the XP, GM? No. <laughs> this was a cutscene. Fuck you. <laughs> this guy is like level fourteen. Y'all are like CR five. You, you know, you, you would not be able to take these guys. That's why he's here. <laughs> I, I know people um, also complained about like Zeng being in and like basically being like the guy that just holds him by the hand, but I was okay with it. It's like, yeah, they needed, like, to find out where the, this helm was, and he knew, so, you know, getting 
to, uh, him to work with them, and it's like, yeah, he's going to lead them, obviously. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, Zenk is CR10, so yes, he has double the, the, the difficulty of any of the other party members. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, because I guess it was more he was casting like uh, divine favor on his sword there. Because like when he did it, I was oh. like, I don't think there's any way this guy's level seventeen or more for holy weapon. So it's like that had to be divine favor on his sword, right? Um, something like that, I would think. Hmm. That's not actually on his sheet, so I don't know. Huh. That's not an ability he has. Apparently, he just Weird. did that. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I mean, to be fair, his sword is also a sword I don't think actually exists in any of the books that I have Oh, actually, because... you know what? His sword just default does radiant damage, so I think that was part of the item. Oh, yeah, it's like that's just the effect or something. Yeah, uh, wild. Okay, wild. Um, sword does... Uh, if he's using it with two hands, it does 1d10 plus 4 slashing damage plus 1d12 radiance. <laughs> so... Okay, so yeah, he, he's doing a little bit more than like a paladin with a two-handing a longsword would at that point, because like, uh, I mean, if he's CR ten, it's possible that he actually would already have improved divine smite potentially, or he just has an equivalent of that to do the one. I think he's just got better improved divine smite because it doesn't matter what attack he makes; he's always getting that one d twelve radiant. Yeah, con con compared to like eleventh level paladins where it's only on melee attacks. Right. Which is weird that it's not just weapon attacks in general. I mean, I know most people are like, yeah, you probably don't want to necessarily do range combat as a paladin because you're there to tank and fight. But it's like, some paladins might want to use a bow. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, but if it was weapon attacks in general, then you could use it unarmed and just punch people and make them explode in holy fire. <laughs> I, I guess. But also, <laughs> wouldn't that be kind of cool? <laughs> it's kind of what monks do at a time. <laughs> Or, you know, maybe not so much the radiant damage. I'm mostly thinking of uh, uh, Emily's uh, monk, where when she's at lower than half health, she gets the plus 1d4 radiant damage from the Grand Gata. Honestly, not a really good ability to... Because once she gets that, she's like, no, let me get take kids, don't heal me. And it's like, yeah, that sets you up for getting fucked over so much, Emily, actually. <laughs> just for an extra little d4. <laughs> you have a cleric, just cast, like, a, just cast a good spell on you that gives you... Damage bus. You don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It, it was like I watched it uh, literally a few days after we made our 5e characters for the next campaign that my friends and I are starting tomorrow and just made me more excited to play. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes, either way, I think we can all agree Thumbershot is the best. So. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucks that the only place I found that plushie on is Amazon, because I'm like, I don't really want to buy a $40 plushie on Amazon. <laughs> like, I know Jeff Bezos already gets his fucking dollar bills all the goddamn time, another 40 wouldn't make much of a difference, but I still have some principles. <laughs> if you have D&D Beyond at all, one of the things that they're offering for free right now is a set of digital dice that when you roll a nat 20, Thembershop chases across your screen and tries to eat it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he he's best. He's he's a good boy. <laughs> yeah. Like I heard there was a dragon. I didn't realize it was a very chunky dragon. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I could have used like two less fat jokes, but that's okay. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. But, he's a good uh, boy. He's a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, D&D, 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'd say, that, I'd say that's pretty on par. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, you've mostly been dealing with school, and like I've, I've just been playing more fucking Fortnite, so I don't think yeah. I got anything else. <laughs> I did boot up Far Cry 6 a little bit because I am extremely frustrated with school, and I wanted a fast-paced action game where I can shoot a bunch of fascists. Fair. But uh, it's... I don't know. Oh, if you, if you want that, might I recommend uh, Wolfenstein: The New Colossus? Put it on the like the easiest difficulty setting. Ignore the fact that they call you a baby for doing that, because uh, screw you, don't judge me. <laughs> and just run around double wielding shotguns and just mow down a bunch of Nazis. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's Far Cry Six is kind of frustrating as far as the Far Cry games go, because while I have enjoyed them historically, this one takes some liberties with the formula that i don't like yeah uh, i can imagine <laughs> like i've never it, actually played any of the far cries at all like well okay so the thing is is that three through six are all the same game yeah it's... yeah I, I know i understand that yeah <laughs> that's what i hear about them where it's like yep you play one you kind of played all of them except for like honestly i don't know much about oops i accidentally opened up fucking big picture mode i was trying to uh, minimize fucking Goddamn Steam for a bit. <laughs> I was trying to see if, uh, how much Wolfenstein is on sale, at the moment, if it's on sale or anything. But yeah, no, I don't know anything about the original Far Cry. I know 2 is the one where you can get malaria and die, because I hear Austin Walker talk about it so much. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I'm familiar, but... No, I started with 3, and that's, you know, it's fine. It's either tactical stealth or ridiculously over-the-top action combat. I, I don't have a lot of complaints. Hmm. It's just the in 6, for whatever reason, they got rid of the skill tree that's been a thing since the third game. It's just oh, tagged to your did? gear now. So. Oh, that, that kind of is nice. Didn't people like the, the sk yeah. skill system? Yeah, the skill system was, like, one of the best parts of the game that was... Hmm. One of the things they did most competently, but this time around, it's the things that would have been skills in the other games are just tagged to specific pieces of gear, so you only have that ability if you're wearing yeah, this shirt I mean, or whatever. I guess that's kind of what Ubisoft has been doing a lot. I mean, because like Assassin's Creed these days, like you straight up have levels with like stats on gear compared to like you know having like maybe like a few like upgrades and stuff done by like Leonardo da Vinci or whoever the fuck. Well, yeah, but Assassin's Creed also has a skill tree. Yeah, because like, it said that's. Did they add that as well with Odyssey when they uh, or Origin when they first started moving over to levels and stuff? I didn't play Origin, but it was definitely there by Odyssey. I I feel like I remember it with Origin because I think at some point during like an E3 trailer or whatever when they were showing up the gameplay, I think I was watching Giant Bomb talk over that not Ubisoft director or whatever where it's like yeah, it looked like that there was a skill tree. I think. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's like Ubisoft games are all kind of just one and the same anyway. It wouldn't surprise me if they just, at that point, were just like, everything has a skill tree now, everything's got levels, and then for them to be like, no skill tree in this one is just very strange. Okay, but see, the difference is, is that in Assassin's Creed Ragnarok, um, I'm at level 250-something, so there's no cap. It just keeps going up and up and up and up forever. Yeah, yeah. And well, it doesn't it tell like... you what level you are. You just have to estimate based on how many skill points you've got. That's also strange that like they got rid of the level then, because <laughs> like I remember that being a thing in uh, AC Origin when they added that. I don't know. 
it's it's kind of a weird thing where it's like some games it's just like i feel like the level signifier is unnecessary like i remember like wolf uh wolfenstein youngblood the the one starring bj's like twin daughters and everything is like that straight up has like levels for you and the enemies and it's like that's kind of dumb but also that game is like also like a weird like kind of open world compared to just levels of the other two modern wolfenstein games so yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like a lot of people just didn't really care for that game much because the AI was not great in terms of, like... Because you could play that co-op where you can use an AI as one of the other sisters, and AI kind of sucked. Yeah. <laughs> from what I heard. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, also, they it. made my grenade launcher worse, so that's annoying. Yeah, bummer. <laughs> you gotta have a good grenade launcher, even if it's just, like, the fun grenade launcher from Halo Reach that just uh, does the EMP effects. Like, you can kill directly with it, but it's really more to, like, brick shields and disable vehicles and stuff. <laughs> To be fair, yeah. that was kind. Of, that was kind of like what a lot of what they were do- going for in Reach and also like sent ODST of like, yeah, let's have a bunch of effects that actually break shields compared to like, uh, you know, just shoot people a bunch. <laughs> Which made sense because like both of them like brought back the old Halo health system of like, well, you have shields that regenerate, and in ODST you had stamina, aka energy shield, but they just didn't call it that. But like, if you took health damage, you had to find like actual health packs around the map. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they've gone back to just using, like, yeah, you're a Spartan again. You got regenerating health, whatever, it's fine. You get, you're a Spartan 2, not a 3, or no DST. <laughs> Which I guess was the distinction of, like, well, the, the Spartan 3s are like the Walmart mass produced Costco version of Spartans. So they, they get hurt more. Also, their armor sucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's fine. I just. Once upon a time, back in the day, I could snipe somebody from 100 yards with that grenade launcher, and that's not true anymore. <laughs> they made it worse. It's nowhere near as accurate as it used to be. Ripped to the grenade launcher. So, yeah, it's fine. Well, I mean, I did mention my issues with the Stranger Things DLC, which is apparently just included in the game for free. Yeah, so. which, is, which is like... <laughs> A, weird that there's Stranger Things DLC, and B, weird that Ubisoft would give that stuff for free. <laughs> and C, weird that the Demogorgon is, like, the main bad guy of this DLC. Yeah, when, is... like, the Demogorgon isn't in, like, that whole show, from my understanding, right? Well, it is of the first season. Well, yeah, but... yeah. But, I mean, I guess it's, like, the lesser extent. It's, like, the sub-enemies in 2, because it's the Demodogs. Because they're just baby Demogorgons. Yeah. But, but like the the whole DLC, you cannot damage it. Is the thing it is completely immune to every weapon in the game. So, like. which I mean, I guess that's accurate with at least the the Demogorgon, but not the dogs because like the dogs are just like I guess they're just like weaker skinned or something like that. So like you. Can but that's not accurate though. Form. They killed it. No, L killed it by literally disintegrating it. That's not a gun. <laughs> yeah, but that's also not, like... When there they shot it, people, it bled. Were... It wasn't immune to bullets. Okay, no, when teenagers shot it, it bled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess, also, I guess all the difference is that they were hitting with the spikes bad, which, uh, I mean, those military guys were just shooting guns, and they got fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, they had a revolver and a spike bat. I guess that's the difference. You can't use assault rifles on Demogorgons, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but... no. It, it's completely immune to damage for the whole DLC, and then you don't get to fight it at the end. It just explodes, so... Cool. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Why even bother putting it on the island if I don't get to shoot it? This is the shoot game. Cause, this cause... is the shoot game. 
This is Skyrim with guns. Because <laughs> you can, uh, you know, you get the you get the crossover. Don't you want everything to be a big cinematic universe that's connected to each other? But I want to shoot it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to use my M79 grenade launcher to launch a pellet right down that thing's big stupid flower mouth. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess they never tried explosives with the Demogorgon. Maybe they should have tried that in season one. <laughs> yeah. Man, remember, remember when that show was good? Remember when people liked that show? <laughs> I remember when people liked that show. I don't know yeah. if I ever would have called it good. It was never really my thing. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think it was just because it was like... It was kind of like one of the first Netflix originals that really seemed to take off. That like had like a good premise, I feel. I guess I, I'm mostly think, trying to think of like stuff that came before it because like I mean Stranger Things started in 2016 I think <laughs> that sounds right I think it was like when I first moved down to North Carolina because I definitely remember season two premiered the weekend that Mario Odyssey released which was in October 2017 don't know why I remembered that no, it was like it was like me split between playing Mario Odyssey and watching season two. <laughs> <laughs> And then I finished Mario Odyssey within like a day because Mario games ain't long. <laughs> well, at least finished in terms of beating Bowser. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but uh, to be fair, I never really went back and played Mario Odyssey. I liked it. It was. I just kind of felt like it wasn't like as interesting to continue going on and trying to do like more of the side stuff. Oh God damn it! I'm look I had to like. And zoom. I like brought up that picture you showed me of the Will card from Magic Gathering. Mm -hmm, and I had to yeah. actually like lean towards the screen to see, and it's like Jesus Christ! They really did just have the signs that say "Homo" right near him. Uh. They sure did. Uh, Wizards of the Coast, what are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure in the show that banner says "Happy Homecoming," something like that. But uh, the way they position his head, it sure does just say "Homo." <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, you see, like uh. You see a little bit of like another letter after the second O, but it's cut off, so you can't really tell. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess it would be if it's homecoming. It's like I guess it would be an M. Yeah, it kind of looks like an M. Yeah, you can kind of see like the the prongs on the bottom. Yeah. But yeah, so Stranger mm -hmm. Things. There is also a Rambo DLC game. that is built into the game apparently, but that one's a lot more obvious because they are talking about how much they love the Rambo movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. That it's such a weird franchise because it's like that. I mean, aside from the first two, it's like the only thing about like the third I know is it's a bunch of stupid ass drunk white frat boys <laughs> who then are like, let's go do a bunch of murder against a bunch of people that are native to this island because oh boy, we can't. Ubisoft definitely not political, <laughs> not at all. Well, to be fair. And again, this is like the base level reading of the game. This is not in-depth at all. Mm -hmm. uh, Voss and his people aren't from that island. They like took it over and are using it to smuggle drugs. So you, the okay, heroic okay. white boy, are here to save the natives from the evil invaders. Okay, still bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the fucking Avatar thing of like, well, the native people can't do shit, so the white savior has to come here. And yeah, but to do it, he does have to use the indigenous magic, so... Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, he does have to have that stupid fucking magic tattoo that, uh... Tatao, thank you. <laughs> I was trying to remember what it was, yeah. I, I, know it's a, I know it's a tattoo that, like, grows as you get more, like, p 
<laughs> skill tree bullshit, but it's like yeah, yeah it's but... a tribal arm sleeve. Yeah, but... <laughs> it's 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 it is really some like Avatar ass like. Well, you got turned into uh, the blue alien cat person because your body failed, so now you're one of us, buddy. <laughs> it's some like, real last yeah. Mohicans nonsense, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> <Oy. laughs> Avatar. <laughs> You're still really saying that they're gonna make like four more of those, huh? After it took them a decade to make the second. Uh, well, the second one is out, so there's only supposed to be three more. <laughs> oh, I thought there were four after this one. Okay, nah, I didn't it's a five-movie series, apparently. Uh, they, they, you know, hey, to be, I don't mean to always bring it back to the stupid bad boy wizard series, but they also said that about those prequels, and that sure ain't happening anymore. <laughs> Thank fucking god. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going ahead and uh, rebooting that entire franchise with uh, because you know the main cast uh, kept telling J.K. Rowling that she sucks and is a turf. <laughs> Yeah, that's really but... that that really does read why they're doing that, right? Because they're like, we need to replace the cultural subconscious of what these characters are with different people, and not these people who say that the author is a turf, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably, but, but you gotta also, remember also... that the Avatar movies, at the very least. They were doing those simultaneously, so, like, Avatar 3 is already done filming. Yeah, uh, okay. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, it's the one about the bad indigenous people. Oh, fun! Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, they're boy. I, I just also now remember that Ubisoft is definitely did say that they're making an, a, a video game based on Avatar. I'm sure that's going to be handled so well with their current streak of not political. Mm-hmm, yep. Uh, anyway, Avatar yeah. 3 is called The Seed Bearer, so let's all just make a bunch of semen jokes about it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, meanwhile, everybody was calling Avatar 2, like, the big splashy or something. <laughs> oh, boy. Never seen that first one, and I have no intention on changing that or seeing any of these other ones. Good yeah, thing. good call. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I guess, like, at the time, people were like, oh, it's so realistic CGI, and I was just like, I just don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> people were kind of saying it was so realistic CGI back with, like, the Star Wars prequels, and sure, fucking no. <laughs> yeah. Also, both, the, both those those movies and also Avatar are both casually racist at times. <laughs> Many things are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was going through your head, George Lucas, when you decided to make uh, the Trade Federation guys all bad je Japanese stereotypes and while they were bad Jewish stereotype? What the fuck? Ben. Ben. Yes, indeed. I suppose, shall we, uh, shall we move to happier topics and yeah, start talking it's, about... It's... Yeah, it's already been 40 minutes, we probably should. <laughs> yep, okay. So... We are here for, se well, book two, again, with the book season terminology. I'm not happy mm -hmm. about it, but it's still what we use. I, uh, I said season in the tweet, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, book two of Infinity Train. So right off the bat, there's crap we need to talk about. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so the thing is, is that this season is a trans story. And Absolutely, 100%. It's, well, it's not spoken in the show right yeah that's the creator owen dennis who i want to say very rarely talks about stuff outside the show like he does not do extra yeah, canonical I, statements that, in the way that i like that's that's basically what i saw from like looking at trivia for these episodes because like it seemed like a lot of them just being like we don't like actually saying stuff outside the show really yeah owen owen dennis falls very much in that same camp that i do he does not do stuff outside the show 
Mm-hmm. But for this season, our main character is Mirror Tulip, who you'll remember from several episodes back. Um, Owen Dennis very strongly implied on Twitter, which is about the strongest stance he ever takes on extra canonical <laughs> material, that this was supposed to be a trans or non-binary story and that the network told him that that was not allowed to happen, and he had to make the hard choice to tell the story, but veiled without being able to actually say the word. So, Mm -hmm. to that end, I will be using they-them pronouns for Mirror Tulip this whole time. That is not in the show, that is just me. Uh, Don't expect Vivian to follow along, but that is my interpretation based on Dennis's statements. To be be honest, I did use she, her in my notes. I I will... That is totally understandable. That's what they use in the show. Yeah, that's what they use in the show, but also I understand a lot of this where it's like, yeah, we we weren't allowed to say so, but also y'all know, and it's like, it, it makes me feel like I probably shouldn't use they, them as well. Well... Fair enough. But yeah, it's very similar. Like, some another thing that I want to talk about, a character we'll be introduced to in these episodes, Jesse, is an indigenous person. He is Apache, and they weren't allowed to say that in the show, specifically. The network told him that they couldn't say that. He has yeah. one line about being indigenous, and they had to sneak it in under the guise of pretending to do a Cowboys and Indians episode. Cartoon Network, you're you really shit at times. Yep. Yep. So... Yeah, I mean, it's, hey, it's, the, it's the same company that fucking killed off Steven Universe, essentially, all because, Dana, uh, not Dana Tars, uh, Rebecca Sugar did not want to stop the gay wedding episode, which is why there's only, like, five episodes after that. I, I, at least she got to do the movie and the sequel uh, season, basically. But, like, yeah, they really did have to rush through a lot of stuff in the last five episodes of Steven Universe as a result before the, the movie and the and uh, SU future because they suck and it's like you, just because you're like oh like it's totally okay for you to actually get away with saying that Ruby and Tyfire love each other but the moment that they actually kiss is like what you're like fucking no and it's like what the fuck you what the fuck assholes <laughs> Garnet's been basically mar- essentially married for like 6,000 years just fucking <laughs> let them make it official and kiss once, you dicks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I just wanted to go over that before I started the uh, the actual summary, because, of course, that does touch on stuff that I'll be talking about, so. Yeah. You know, there we go. Like, even, if we, even if we didn't, there's a lot of trans allegory in just these two episodes so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mirror Tulip is super trans. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly kind of feel bad about calling them that because I do know what name they eventually choose, yeah, but they I, haven't I, yet I, in the show. I did, uh, I had heard that slightly beforehand, and like looking at Trivia did confirm that name in particular. Like, yeah. It feels a little bit bad to call them MT during this, but it's like, well, it's in the show, they're not going by yeah, their name. That is the name, name they're going by now, and the, the story of the season will be them choosing who they want to be and picking that name, but it's like. Yeah. I don't want to dead name them, but it's also kind of not a dead name yet. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like a weird middle ground. It it it's like a more severe case back when like we were first starting Owl House season two when it's like, can I just fucking call him Hunter? And it's like, uh, he's not called Hunter again in the show. He's just the Golden Guard. <laughs> yeah. But this is like this is way more severe. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. God, what if Hunter decides to choose a different name in the finale, and then it's like, well, it's. That feels bad if we were uh, technically dead naming Hunter and all that time, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
Oh boy, himself that's pancakes. <laughs> and not on our flat deck. Naturally. God, God, that that episode really does air just two days from now, huh? <laughs> two days exactly from now, we'll be watching the Outlaws finale. Yeah, that's very true. Oh, Although boy. I think. Like, I'm planning on putting the episode of the Owl House, like, next on the docket, so to speak. So, by the time the listeners hear this, we'll have had our episode <laughs> on it, like, three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, we already did it ourselves by saying that this is eventually the uh, April 6th that we're doing this. But it's uh-huh, like, yep. yeah, y- y'all are gonna hear that episode before this one. <laughs> yeah, normally I wouldn't do that, but it is the Owl House, it and is, is kind of what we're all about. Yeah. So. yeah, it kind of is the show that we began with. <laughs> yeah, we want to get you know, that coverage like... up as much as possible. Yeah, and that's quickly, considering that, like, obviously we won't be able to talk about it until Thursday next week, because for, like, we would not be able to do, like, an emergency, like, Saturday evening podcast. Cause it's, like, yeah, you know, no, no chance. It's a Especially whole hour not long. this week. Yeah, it's an hour long. You got all your shit going on, so... Ideally, yeah. we can actually do that on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, my episode this week is Book 2, Episode 1, The Black Market Car. That is a little bit of a misnomer, but we'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, most of the episodes doesn't take place in The Black Market Car. <laughs> no, super doesn't. Um, I get that they had to do that because the next episode is actually the name of the car they're in. They just uh-huh, don't realize yeah. it at the time, but it's, just, it's a little strange. <laughs> Yeah, so we get just like a brief establishing shot of the train just chugging away into nothingness before we cut inside as Miratula walks through the metal workshop car and she has defeated a bunch of like rabbit dwarves who are just all around laying there with their battle axes broken on top of them. They are, Uh, these guys are super dead, right? (laughs) They look dead. (laughs) Well, yeah, because Miratula's body is, they are made of chromium, so I don't think... A standard weapon would do much to them is the thing yeah yeah these guys are toast <laughs> yeah uh so they take this like little metal chain it's the kind of chain you made of a bunch of metal beads that you'd hang dog tags off of and they use a can of spray paint to just like spray it all black which because uh i mean since mirror tulip is a main character this season we're gonna get a lot more about how the mirror stuff works but Basically, the uh, the flex, the mirror cops, can come out of any reflective surfaces. So they have spray-painted this thing black to make a bracelet for themselves that the cops can't come out of at any moment. Yeah, um, I, I kind of like how, like, even though these two episodes don't explain why she's doing that, like, if you remember back in season one, and all, or book one, it's like, you can uh, realize that it's like, oh, it's because she's trying to, or uh, they're trying to make sure that the flex don't show up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're getting rid of all the reflective surfaces. I will say, though, I don't think I would trust that. Like, I work I mean, with spray paint gets... for mini painting, yeah. and it doesn't stick to plastic. I wouldn't trust it to stick to metal. Hmm. Yeah, I couldn't say if it's effective against, like, on metal or anything. Like, obviously, it's, like, more spray paint. It's, like, stuff you would see on, like, concrete and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah um, so we got a shot of them looking smug for a moment, and then they just sort of ditch Tulip's shirt and jacket, which are also made of metal, and they just sort of throw on some real-world clothes that I guess they had picked up somewhere. So they now are wearing a black t-shirt with the sleeves ripped off, uh, jeans, and just these oversized boots with no laces. So <laughs> um, I, we never see them have Tulip's jacket or shirt again, so I assume that they leave them there in the car as payment to the dwarves for using the forge. I don't know. Um <laughs> 
as, yeah, apolo- then... as way of apology for murdering them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we see them use a power dremel to give themselves some piercings, which is absolutely terrifying. Uh... Yeah, there's a lot of valid MT's biology that I have questions about. <laughs> <laughs> and uh... yeah, then they uh, they slip that mirror from Tulip's multi tool into a boot because. What we'll establish this season is that mirror people always have to be touching a mirror in order to stay in the real world, so they've just got that slapped against their skin and tucked into the boot. So. I feel like they kind of already established that in the, pre- in the previous time that MT showed up, just for like... Because that's how they got out of the mirror world. and like We the, did establish the... it a little bit, but at the time it was very confusing and they didn't explain anything. Yeah, it just... I, I guess, yeah. It was like, like it was implied, the... but not like yeah. explicit. Yeah. The mirror logic was very poorly thought through at the time, and it's going to be yeah. a lot more solid in this season because it has to be. <laughs> yeah, fair. I mean, yeah, because MT was in one episode in the entirety of book one. MT is in every episode this season. Or my, to my, to my knowledge, I would assume that this main character is in every episode of the season. Uh, you never Fuck, know. Shit. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna say season. I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um. So then we cut outside where Mirror Tulip is doing this that thing where like you've got a, a hanging bar and you dangle from it off your knees, mm-hmm. and they just do like an inverted bends to hang down and shave their head by grinding it against the train tracks and uh yeah also also again it's so many questions about mt's biology that it's like apparently that that doesn't hurt them <laughs> well, well i guess they do they do say they don't feel pain later on so i guess there's that well yeah but like they've got the dremel they could just shave their head with that it would be so much easier yeah. than risking potentially grinding half your skull off yeah because again i guess it's like again brings up the better question of like if they pierced their skull accidentally with the drain wheels does that kill them because like I, I feel like i just have to ask right now with this because it's like we clearly see that mt needs to sleep and while they're sleeping they do drool yeah. So therefore, they need water. You would assume if they can, like, you know, make saliva. Yep. Which brings up the other question of: Does MT need to eat? <laughs> but MT doesn't feel pain. <laughs> so well, what's up with MT's biology? Is what I'm getting at. Do they have organs? <laughs> um, I mean, we're never going to see them cut open, so we don't know for sure. But yes, it is generally believed that they require, at the very least, water to survive. Um, we don't okay, know anything so, about whether so, they eat or not. So it's a mech on Fiora reference for the people out there who listen to this who have played Xenoblade 1. <laughs> I guess. Um, we also mech on know Fiora that... is barely a spoiler. They show her in Smash Brothers. It's totally fine. <laughs> she's, okay. part of, she's part of Shulk's final Smash. It's okay. <laughs> I, I just her, need her, her to understand that you are saying words that don't make sense to me. It's not that it, I don't. <laughs> it, okay. For context, I guess if anybody cares about Xenoblade 1 spoilers at this point, even though, again, it's all been revealed in Smash at times, and also that game is like 11 years old. In like the first three hours, the character named Fiora seemingly dies. She kind of does die, but she gets brought back like 20, 30 hours later as a robot. So she's cool. She's fine. Oh, she well, yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, she only needs to drink water. Her body is, like, way better at processing stuff. She only needs water for energy, basically, and that's it. <laughs> uh, they, she, she's a spirit in Smash Brothers, and she's part of Shulk's final Smash now, so it's like, Nintendo doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Six months after Fire Emblem Three Houses released, Nintendo was being all like, Byla's hair turns green! Woo! What is that all about? And it's like, please don't spoil 
stuff from three houses that game released half a year ago at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't give a fuck. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's... Mirror Tulip definitely does have biological processes, because we know that their hair has the potential to grow back. It doesn't happen in the show, I'm just going to say that right here and now, mm -hmm. but that is a thing that character designers have confirmed. So, okay. if nothing else, they do need to ingest I mean, masks if they want their hair to grow, yeah, because I, that's I not going to come out of nowhere. I guess they did say that like when they got freed in the mirror world originally, when they switched places with Tulip, that they wouldn't have to eat onions anymore. But I guess I also interpreted that as MT just finds eating onions to be gross, like most people. Yes, I believe that's Tulip. the case. Yeah, just being like, that's fucking gross, Tulip. And because I'm a reflection, I had to do that too. That's fucking rank. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rather yeah. than just being like, oh, I need to eat, I guess. Fuck. <laughs> So it's yeah. more like, what the fuck is wrong with this teenager who eats onions? <laughs> so I am generally under the assumption that Mirror Tulip does not really need to eat, but if they want to, like, grow and get taller, then they would need to mm -hmm. input mass of some sort, so... Gotcha. Okay. So if they don't yeah. want to be a teenager metal person forever, they would have to do so. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, um, so thanks to this makeover, they are pretty unrecognizable as Tulip now. The only thing they really share is the voice. So, yeah, they really just went and transed their gender immediately. Yeah, um, <laughs> but even to be fair, the voice does have, like, a little, like, modulation to it. Oh, yeah, so it's, it's got like, a it's, reverb. Yeah, like, it, it's still Ashley Johnson, obviously, but it's, like, it's it has that reverb to it enough that it's, like, you know, it has that effect. So it's, like, yeah, obviously, like, they still sound like them, but it's still distinct enough, at least in... <laughs> As though it's like, yeah, this person being made of chrome didn't differentiate them from Tulip already, but at least the voice is, like, different enough. Yeah. Yeah, then we just get a lovely montage of MT walking through the, uh... Okay, get ready for a list. The no, I put it as trivia! <laughs> no, whatever, it's fine. Well, you know, if you want to do that you later, can, I'll you skip can, it for You now. can take it. I have enough trivia if you want to list the cars. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, so they go through the, and this is the most annoyingly named one I've seen so far, the mm -hmm. Kenyan of the Golden Winged Snakes yep. car, <laughs> and then the Kaiju so, car, the Jellyfish car, and the Carrot car. So the Kenyan of the Golden Winged Snakes car is definitely the Boiling Owls, right? Because the Boiling Owls has winged snakes. <laughs> so, Are therefore... the ones in the Boiling Owls golden? Uh, oh god, now I need to look this up. Keep going. I'm gonna look, <laughs> I'm gonna look that up so real quick. I remember it's in Keeping Up Appearances. Yeah, um, so while they're going through all these worlds, they, they seem to be having fun. They're just exploring and seeing new things for the first time ever, but so, uh, to this point, they do not get to touch a tree, which was like their number one ambition when they got out of the mirror, so rip mirror tulip. Um, and <laughs> also, ready. the way that they're while they're going, every time they see a reflective surface, they use that can of paint to spray it black so the cops can't get them. Um, this ends in the doily car, where they are confronted with a wanted poster featuring their uh, their old look. And they like rip it down and stuff it in their pocket for some reason. But before they can do anything else, they are interrupted by 1-1 talking, because a new passenger is waking up in a pod not far away, and 1-1 is doing an introduction video that's being played. And, like, we talked about this in the last season. I completely forgot that this was a thing in the actual show. But now that 1-1 is back to being the conductor, he has instituted a thing where he's recorded a video to automatically let passengers know what's going on when they wake up on the car. And, like, so much better. 
Thank you, one one. Who knew you had the organizational skills this train needed to survive? Yeah, like honestly, it's like wouldn't surprise expect that from one one. Okay, I got to the picture. One of the things is green. The other is like a like kind of goldish, but also more like bron brownie bronze color. Close enough. <laughs> But not all the snakes are gold. <laughs> That's pretty good, though. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like a 40%. I'll give it to myself. <laughs> uh, maybe the ones in the aisles escaped from the train. <laughs> uh, yeah, possibly. <laughs> and then somehow flew through mm. Edith's portal door. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's how that works, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, uh, Mirror Tulip kind of sneaks up on this passenger to play the video, and one one's pretty good at this actually he explains what's going on instead of just kind of rambling and making jokes and like he talks about how the train works and how the number thing works and tells people to make friends because your friends will help you sort out your emotional issues it's very chill yeah he basically just does exactly everything that it took an entire book to basically figure out huh yeah he sure does <laughs> like just being like here's the deal also, like I guess in this case, it's like these people are actually waking up on the train properly because they are in a like he's in a pod compared to Tulip just laying down in the snow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it turns out Amelia really was fucking up everything. That it's like, yeah, I couldn't even bother to put these people in the pod at the least to have them not be protected. You know, at least have them protected by the elements. Yeah, uh, I don't really know how Amelia messed that one up that bad. <laughs> Probably just wasn't giving a fuck, honestly. Probably just being like, oh, new person, whatever. <clears throat> not gonna bother. Not gonna bother putting them in the pod that keep them safe until they wake up whatever fuck it <laughs> yeah so uh mt kind of sneaks away before the passenger can notice that they're there and we get a shot of them walking away staring intently at their reflection in their own hand which has got to be freaky because their face is also reflective so it's almost certainly doing one of those infinite mirror effect things wait but... a sec couldn't the flex submerge from MT's body because MT's body is reflective? <laughs> I don't think it works like that. I'm pretty sure they can't come out of you if you are the mirror. But... Okay, they, they need an actual like reflective <clears throat> surface and not a person. <laughs> I believe that's how that's, yeah. Okay, I didn't even think of that until you just brought up that they look at their own reflection in their hand and it's like, wait a sec. <laughs> <laughs> You've been going around spray painting everything that was reflective, shouldn't you just have also spray painted yourself? <laughs> oh no, yeah. wait, no. Oh, wait, that that might actually be interpreted as blackface or something. Yeah, that wouldn't be great. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe that's why. But, just well, explain yeah. it being like, they can't do it through a person. It's just because we didn't want to have to deal with that shit. <laughs> like, if I wanted to talk metaphysics, I guess I would say it's probably because Mirror Tulip has to be connected to the other mirror to be here and so can't act as an anchor themselves, but that's, yeah. that's too much, I think. Um, we can at least I think they just can't that. come out from a person. But, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> So they are distracted, but they kind of just walk right into the black market car where the homophobic slugs from Star Wars are selling all sorts of stuff. And one of them starts just, like, advertising passenger memory tapes, so I guess those have been stolen for sure. Uh, and but, this, like, uh, hmm? but, like, the cat had all of them. The cat even had Amelia's, so it's like, I thought the cat was storing them. Uh, the cat like, had a few of them, but... Like maybe when maybe when passengers leave the train, the tape is no longer necessary, so the cat just tosses it and it comes up here and it rises up here somehow. Well, so the cat isn't like the tape librarian or whatever. She was also stealing them, is the thing. Uh, I guess yeah. I mean, she had tulips and she also had uh, Amelia's, but it's like 
Yeah, it just feels like it's like a weird thing that it's like these things that like tell show you like the entirety of a person's like history, which is why they're on the train, would just be here in the black market for people to watch. Yeah, like the cat had five of them, so Yeah. She she's definitely not the designated keeper or whatever. Do we ever um, get the sense of how many people are on the train at a, at a certain at like the same point in time? Um, I don't think we do. I'm pretty sure at the end of season one, Amelia's screen flicks through about fifteen people, but I don't know if that's like everybody or if that's just a percentage. Yeah, if that was just scrolling through some pages to get to where Tulip was or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. I mean, we know the train is infinite, is infinite, and like I, I'm pretty sure one one said that like the place where a person gets put on the train is like they go to cars, like you know they're in the vicinity of cars that are like tailor made to help them out or something with their personal growth journey. I, I, am I forgetting that wrong? Uh, I don't think he said that in this episode, but it might be in there somewhere. <laughs> I feel, I feel like he's. I we was... talked a lot about how the train itself is designed yeah. to help them with their personal issues. I don't think the yeah, cars yeah. specifically. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the side I used to watch it doesn't have subtitles for the episode, so I couldn't check at the moment ah. without having the volume on. But yeah, I, I thought I, I thought he had said something like that that it's designed, or at least he said that the train I think is designed to help you out. Even yeah, if the train the specifically cars is designed to help you, but I don't think the cars are. Yeah. I think the cars are just kind of luck of the draw. <laughs> So brings up the better question of who the fuck designed this train to do this? Why does the train exist at all? I know it's there to help people through their personal problems, but it's like, who made this fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so one of the homophobic slugs tries to examine Mirror Tulip with a jeweler's glass, which they immediately slap away, but it's too late because uh, glass be shiny. Uh, Mace and Siv are able to jump out of the shattered glass, and so they are now in the prime world. Uh, they're both armed with those giant Tonfa Sander things, and are just straight up trying to kill MT on sight now. So, mm -hmm. like, Siv was kind of doubting the necessity of killing them last time we saw him, but he's over that, I guess. <laughs> um, he's he's been fed too much propaganda by Mason the few months between then and now. So <laughs> yeah, he's just fully on board with murder. Yeah. So, uh, uh, MT flees, and by dodging through a couple of the slugs, uh, they're able to lose the cop's line of sight for just a second, but they're stuck in a dead end, and the cops catch up pretty quick. Uh, MT climbs a drain pipe, and, uh, Mace just jumps back into the mirror world in the hope that there's something reflective on top of the building, while Civ goes around the IRL, is the best way I have to describe <laughs> that. Um... But yes, uh, Mace's gamble pays off because there is a puddle on top of the building, so he's able to use that to just jump MT, and they kick him in the face and run. <laughs> but uh, the edge of the from the edge of the building, they can see the door out, and then they just do this truly ridiculous like American Ninja Warrior jump course thing from Hanging Lantern to Hanging Lantern to try and get down to the ground. But uh, the mirror guys just pop out of the lantern, except that their weight causes it to fall to the ground, so they get messed up kind of bad, and Mirror Tulip's able to flee while they're pulling themselves out of the lantern. So, the next car is just a beautiful autumnal forest. I love this place, truly. And uh, that's where they meet a deer. You know, just a, <laughs> just a regular deer. Yep, totally. nothing, weird, nothing weird about this deer. This deer won't be important. This deer won't show up again. It's just a deer. Well, like, to all appearances, this is a totally average, white-tailed American deer. It's, mm -hmm. like, absolutely normal. And 
to the degree that it's actually kind of weird because it's drawn more like a real animal than anything else in this show is. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, the dogs in, like, Corginia were, like, drawn at least normally. Like, they weren't, like, weird out-proportioned dogs, but obviously the difference is that they're, like, sentient and talking and stuff. Yeah, but they were also cat. a little bit, like, cartoon dogs. Yeah, Th I guess, This yeah. deer is, like, a deer deer. Yeah, this is an anatomically correct deer. <laughs> uh-huh. It's got the correct animals. teeth and everything. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, deer is just eating some leaves. Very chill. So, the, the door starts to open, and MT panics and dives behind this deer, which seems like a bad idea, until it promptly turns invisible. And it's not the, like, see the person who's hiding behind you kind of invisible. It's, it's a little more like a solid object that blocks anything behind it from being seen, but also can't be seen. It's... It's, so it's had, predator camouflage. Yeah, I had to look it up. Deer actually do eat leaves, but my question here is, would they eat, like, autumnal leaves that have, like, you know, fallen off the tree because they started dying? Well, presumably so. they would have less nutritional value because yeah. they're dying, but also there's not a lot of options here. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, this entire car is just, like, autumnal forest from what we see at this, at this moment, so it's like... Yeah, the deer's kind of just stuck eating a bunch of deadly. It's like uh, it's like the panda thing where it's like they only eat bamboo, but bamboo has such shit nutritional value that they need to yeah. eat so much a day. And it's like, why did why did nature design you this way, my guy? <laughs> I don't feel like this is intentional, but that honestly would explain because like, deer in the wild don't spend this much time eating. You know, it's definitely a thing they do, but it's not the only thing. But if yeah. the only food this guy has are these dead crappy nutritional leaves then yeah maybe that's why he's just constantly trying to get more food <laughs> it's like i just need to it's like the fucking hummingbird problem i just need to keep eating to keep going mm -hmm, fuck mm -hmm. somebody please get me out of this goddamn train car <laughs> let me touch grass <laughs> i got yeah. grass not dead grass <laughs> uh, yeah the uh the cops come in and um the deer is, however this camouflage works, it's able to hide empty behind it, so very chill. Uh, this deer is cool. It's it's not going to narc on you. Um, but yeah, the cops do a lot of posturing and talking about how like humiliating it is that Mirror Tulip has escaped again, but you know, they'll catch up, because they always do. But right now they can't keep going, because Civ's protective suit has developed a hole, so they have to go get it fixed or he will die. Doesn't really explain why he will die. <laughs> well, because they started melting when they were in the real world without the protective suits that other time. That's true, but I don't understand why, because MT doesn't melt. But MT has, like, an anchor to the mirror world via, the like, the mirror or something. I guess it's, like, the similar thing where, like, their latex things keep them anchored in the real world, but if... You know, it's like if MT had, like, the thing slide off of them, they would start melting, and these guys would do the same without these suits. Like these yeah, nasty but I just suits. don't understand, like, those masks uh, are full head skin masks, right? As long as you're touching a part of the mirror, you should be okay. A hole in your sleeve isn't enough to kill you. Maybe maybe it's like uh, maybe it's like a Quarian situation. It's like, oh, my exosuit has a hole in it, so now I'm gonna have the flu for like three fucking weeks. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. They just they seem super overly cautious in a way that MT isn't, and I don't get it. Um, mm. 
But yeah, so they leave, but they're, you know, pr- doing ominous proclamations to the empty car as they do, saying that <laughs> you know, slivers always get confident and slip up eventually. Bum, bum, bum. And yeah, uh, as they're leaving, Civ also mentions that it's been a couple of months that they've been chasing MT, so we don't have a super solid timeline, but at least it's been a little while. Oh, they... uh, I actually do have that in the trivia. Oh, nice. Rad. Yeah, I can cover really? that because, like, the crew said that uh, they see this episode taking place roughly two months after Tulip left the train. Oh, well, that's good so, to know. Yeah, so it's, it's so it's been, like, that plus, like, another, like, month or so, I think, between when MT got out of the Mirror World compared to when Tulip left the train, I think. Somewhere around yep. there. So it's been, like, around, like, three months or so. That would make sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um... The deer goes back to being a regular deer, and uh, MT tries to thank it and leave, but, uh, you know, it's it's just a deer. It doesn't have anything to say. So they take off into the forest, and sort of dramatic forest music starts to play, and then the deer is there. It's super awkward. So they tell it to leave and thank it again and start off, and the deer is there. <laughs> so he, he really seems to be into MT, so he's, he's just going to follow them for a while. And they're kind of put out about this at first, but uh, they start chatting with him pretty quick. I get the sense they're a little bit lonely, even if they don't super want people around. And so they're chatting and telling him where they come from and revealing, in fact, that it was uh, Tulip Prime who was naming the cars, which does lead to some questions about episode titles going forward, but eh, no worries. (laughs) I mean, you'd have to imagine that, like, potentially, like, Jesse would probably come up with them afterwards, I would imagine. Yeah, but he wouldn't have the naming convention, I guess, if MT gave it to him. Yeah, MT might have mentioned it, and it's just like, I'm not going to take care of that shit. And he's like, I'll do it, (laughs) yeah! (laughs) I mean, considering he names the deer, it wouldn't surprise me if he's the one naming the cars after that. Yeah, but he'd probably try to name the cars Frankenstein or whatever. No, as Um, as we see with his phone, it would just all be very into the Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) The fourth Dracula car. (laughs) Oh, yeah, um, so this uh, this deer really seems to like MT, and he just puts his head in their lap for a, a cute nap. It's it's very sweet. It kind of reminds me of videos I've seen of tigers who like humans, just being very cuddly. Um, and then we get a montage of MT and the deer hanging out in the car, just chilling and, you know, eating leaves and stuff. It's very cute, and MT doesn't have to worry about reflections here, so they actually get some time to relax. I get the sense they haven't had a whole lot of that. Um, yeah, because, like, I mean, most of the places we saw them in before had at least, like, something that could be a reflective surface compared to here. Yeah. So then we get, eventually we get a shot of MT waking up, and, uh, which tells us a couple things that are very important. One, they snore, which means they breathe. And two, they Yeah, I didn't even think of that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then they must have something resembling lungs. (laughs) In theory, Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like those. Uh, maybe it's like that Eberron magic item, the the artificial lungs that take the place <laughs> of your regular lungs. And if you de- if you de-attune to it, at least your normal lungs reappear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always appreciated how that item has a specific caveat that it works in an anti-magic yeah, field. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's like, hey guys, don't worry. If you have these stupid fucking artificial lung magic items, you're not gonna suffocate in an anti-magic field or anything like that. <laughs> And if you de-attune to them, your normal lungs come back. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's just a thing we can do with magic items, but we only applied it to these lungs. No big. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you don't have the lungs working in the anti-magic field, or if you de-attune to the lungs, it's like, well, you're fucked, because <laughs> you don't have normal lungs otherwise. <laughs> what a yeah. weird bet. Like, I get that, like, they wanted to have, like, some neat, like, stuff that was, like, kinda like combination of like magic and technology with Eberron magic guidance but mm -hmm. it's like that and like the magic prosthesis or like once they're like this is neat but also is this really gonna come up in the campaign <laughs> well I don't know I feel like it's cool and there's just not a lot of great like disabled protagonist representation in D&D yeah. games so the ability True. to have a prosthetic arm that works off magic is very cool but, like, the lung thing, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> well, the, I think in the lung description it says that they were created during the last war because of, like, the various, like, chemical warfare that was going on. Oh, cool. Love it. Yeah, because, uh, oh boy, the last war was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but then my elf was around for all of it because they're 188 years old. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, so the, the, the deer isn't there when Miratulip wakes up, and they panic a little since, you know, their only friend is gone. But uh, after just yelling deer into the woods for a while, they uh, find him. There's a, a passenger not too far away, and uh, he has put a pair of sunglasses on the deer because it's very funny. Uh, I, I don't think I would put sunglasses on the deer, but I can't disagree. This is a pretty good look. Um, I, I will admit that there were definitely times when I was holding one of my ferrets and I'd take off my glasses and kind of put them near their face. And no, obviously not actually going to work out because ferret noses and eyes are way smaller than humans. Yeah. So it's like they can't really wear them, but it was still amusing. <laughs> <laughs> sunglasses on an animal are always sunglasses on an animal is always funny. Like think of all the pictures of bunnies wearing sunglasses, and bunnies wearing sunglasses rule. <laughs> I have never once seen a bunny wearing sunglasses. Well, I'm gonna look for this now. <laughs> there. <laughs> Don't tell me this bunny doesn't rule. <laughs> I can't see it yet because I'm trying to make a note about an overtalk mention that we had, but my cat is sitting on the keyboard and. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um... He's dancing too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. See? Point good made. Bunny. Pets, with, pets with sunglasses are funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yes. So, uh, MT just kind of bursts out of the bushes, yelling at him about putting his sunglasses on an animal. <laughs> and uh, this guy introduces himself as Jesse. He's very chill, and his number is 32. So he's basically just got, like, no personal problems compared to Tulip. But... <laughs> what was Tulip's number at the start? It was like 108 when she first got on the train. Oh, right, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like low, triple digits, yeah. Mm -hmm. It might have been like 115, I think. That sounds right. I think you're right. I think 108 is after the first episode. Yeah. I don't know. Numbers. Um, but yeah, MT just doesn't think this is funny at all and smashes the glasses into dust. Uh, <laughs> they're I mean, also, also, to be fair, we don't know how long Jesse's been on the train at, so far at this point. He does mention that he's seen a couple other cars, so this isn't his yeah. first destination. Yeah, it's been like a couple days for him at most. And, yeah. and also, as, as also as we'll see, this number doesn't seem like it's going down very much. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's been around the same number, and he's just like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but 
it's uh, it's it's fine. It just MT is mad because you can't just go messing with people and putting stuff on them like that because it's wrong to do that without their consent, even if they are deer. But Jesse claims that this is fine because it's his deer, which sets MT off big time because he can't own a deer. The deer owns himself. Don't be a dick, Jesse. But uh, you know, also MT spent two days with him instead of just an hour, so dibs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is very much like you can't own a deer. Besides, because the deer is mine, asshole. Uh-huh. And it's like, yep. mm, MT, are you listening to yourself at the moment? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, this actually makes Jesse pretty happy because uh, if they're both friends with a the deer, then that makes them friends, just like transitive property. Not that. Not that that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's a brief fight about this, and they have an argument about what powers this deer has, because Jesse says he's got laser eyes, but MT knows he can change color. So they're both surprised when he just grows and then also stretches. It's it's really messed up. I don't like this. Uh, I think it's the weird, like, the neck doesn't, like, stretch directly out. It's, like, kind of swerving around a bit noodly. I think that's the disturbing part about it. Uh-huh, yep. Well, it's like if it was if it had just grown big, that's fine. If it had just stretched out, that's also fine. I don't like yeah, grow it, and the stretch. It, yeah, the fact it did both. Yeah, it's like well, I can only grow up to like ten feet. Past that, I need to stretch out my uh, <laughs> my fucking uh, neck a bit. If I do it all like swoopy and squiggly, where it's just gonna be upsetting to everybody. <laughs> yeah. So. But also, and... the deer can walk up surfaces, as we'll see. Why does the deer have to do this? <laughs> It's just weird. Don't worry about it. To- totally normal deer. <laughs> but yeah. Um, MT is less than thrilled by Jesse's declaration that they are friends and tries to get the deer to leave with him, but uh, he won't budge. He's too busy just eating leaves. And there's not really a, a... You can't draw him away with treats because the treats is the ground. <laughs> uh, but Jesse says that he won't leave because Dracula is his friend, and that's right. He named the deer Dracula. And MT is super not into this. You can't name a deer Dracula is the line. So uh, he reconsiders and picks everyone's favorite name, which is apparently Alan. Don't I don't know what Jesse's deal is. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse is uh, uh, someone. <laughs> I don't know. He sure is. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, it's like Jesse is strange. I guess is what I'm getting at. I'm, I'm curious to see where Jesse's arc takes us because obviously, again, I don't. I know way more about MT compared to anything about Jesse really. Like I, I knew, yeah. like I recognized Jesse when I saw him in this episode because, like, oh right, that guy. Yeah, he's the one who's like the traveling companion. But it's like, <laughs> I don't know anything about him really besides the fact that he apparently doesn't try to like take a side in arguments. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know, it's it's just odd, but he um he then gets an idea because like uh you know. So the deer is now Alan Dracula, and he thanks Chrome Girl for the suggestion. And this sets MT right the heck off, because that's not their name. Don't call me that. You can't just put a name on me. And that's also not the deer's name. You can't just go around naming people. That's super rude. Come on. And, you know, yep, he's, and, he's and, really just kind of invalidating the whole trans journey thing they got going on here. But uh, Yeah, like, listening to MT say that, I was just, like, nodding along, being like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Could you but, be more trans about actually being trans? 
Yeah, the other thing is that, of course, MT just has trauma from being forced to be a person they aren't when they were Tulip's reflection. So having yeah. names arbitrarily applied to them is just really a trigger for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, their outburst is interrupted as the ground opens up and Alan Dracula just kind of falls through there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, branches and stuff visible below. It seems like there's trees down there, but... Uh, Alan Dracula just kind of gently bonks off a few branches as he falls yeah, down like, into the like depths of really the tree. He really seems like for a moment he just becomes a lawn deer where he's just like made of plastic to dunk, dunk, dunk down the tree. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's okay. that's the end of my episode is uh, MT and Jesse desperately watching Alan Dracula not care that he's falling at <laughs> extremely high distance. So, so I guess what I should ask is... Uh, should we be calling the dear Alan Dracula because of the whole thing that MT just said? Because, I mean, to be fair, I kind of go back and forth in my notes referring to him as such. Um, you know, I feel like it goes either way, right? Because Alan Dracula or the deer, effectively, he is a pet. He's not like a character in the way that the other folks are okay so, so he's not gonna be revealed in like the finale to be talking and be like yo what the fuck guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I, I think he does have a slightly higher level of intelligence than your average house pet but he's not gonna like suddenly reveal that he can speak english so okay. i feel like it's appropriate to use either name for him but okay. with that said, there is a moment later in the series that does indicate he has accepted Alan Dracula as his name, so... Gotcha. Okay. I just felt like I should ask that because of, like, you know, again, all the, like, conversations about MT's name and all. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, again, bringing up, like, yeah, you can't just arbitrarily give someone a name. That's You don't know if that's his name or if he likes it or anything. Kind of deal that MT just said. Yeah, well, I mean, it's weird because, like... When you're naming an animal, it's not like you can ever get their approval, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yes and no, I guess, because in my, like, personally speaking with my ferrets, like, I had already figured out I wanted to name them Molly and Tucker, but I didn't know which would be which, so I basically was, like, just talking to them, being like, I don't know, I, I feel like those names are appropriate, if which one of you would prefer kind of deal, and, like, Ali jumped out of the cage, and, like, he was, again, like, a two-month-old ferret, so it's like, I didn't want to let him fall, so I... Like, I was able to catch him doing that, and I was like, I guess that means you want to be Ollie, huh? Ha. I'll take that as saying that you're Ollie and the, your brother, the albino one, is Tucker. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But usually, yeah, it's like, that's me extrapolating because of the circumstances where he, yeah. being a two-month-old ferret didn't realize, oh, if I walk this way, I'm going to fall, <laughs> like, <laughs> two feet, because uh, that cage I had for them at the time was not good. I had to get a different cage because uh, yeah. that cage was had bars that were like a little bit too uh widely spaced for baby ferret like so they kept uh-huh. being stuck so so yeah so i was like i gotta get a better one so that's what i did yeah so i don't know i just generally speaking i feel like it's okay to use alan dracula because yeah. being a deer it doesn't have the ability to say no i don't like that but given yeah. that we will see that eventually he does like the name it's okay i think okay all right cool yeah, uh, we into the trans season now. <laughs> yeah, Tran- no. train, trans, trans, ge- transgender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did it. Uh, yep. <laughs> not that like 
on some level, every season is the trans season. You know, it's it's our show, so we're always going to see it from that angle. But yeah, this is I the mean, trans I mean, season. Yeah, because I mean, how much did we go in like with uh, the last few episodes of Alhouse? Be like, this is trans narrative. Uh-huh, <laughs> Both yeah. Hunter and Luz having a trans narrative here. <laughs> well, they are though. <laughs> we, we gotta get another one. We have we, we that has to happen in the finale. We're two for two. We need to be three for three with the uh, season three episodes, right? <laughs> Again, let Hunter choose his own name for him because Hunter was a name given to him by his asshole uh, brother slash uncle slash grandpa slash whatever the fuck you want to call Bellos' <laughs> relationship with him. Not good, not healthy. That's the thing. <laughs> we can call it that. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's complicated, but it's not healthy. <laughs> like on some level, I wonder if that is the appropriate word because he did. Like, he didn't make and raise Hunter, even if he said he was his uncle. Yeah, yeah, but he's also a clone of his dead brother, who he murdered, so... But also, he's not the same person, obviously. Like, he doesn't well, yeah, have Caleb's but, memories. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's complicated. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, Bella yeah, sucks. family for you. Bella's an asshole. Let that fucker die in this finale. He's got that, right? <laughs> we, we basically both agreed he has to die. <laughs> uh, I mean, I really want him to, but I think the last time we talked about this, my conclusion is that it wouldn't surprise me if they found a way to make that not happen. Hmm. Yeah, if they, if they trap him in the in-between realm or something in place yeah. of the collector. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll know in two days. Or, <laughs> like, reincarnate him as a witch or something, so he has to live with it. Uh, that would be misery for him. <laughs> He's reincarnated as the species that he hates, and he blames for taking away his brother, when in reality he took his own brother away. <laughs> yeah, murder will do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it turns out, uh, murder definitely does mean that uh, people go away. <laughs> Typically. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, do we want to do the Patreon stuff before you go to episode 2, or after? We absolutely do. So, uh, we've been going for a little while now, but uh, just like to give a quick shout out to our Patreon, where we are at uh, patreon.com slash usweirdoscast. Uh, the most salient point from the Patreon is uh, the special extra uh, podcast that you get. The X-Files is a weekly show where we read... Uh, I don't know what I was trying to say there. Where we read every Animorphs book in order. Uh, we've just started the recordings for book three, and it's a wild time. Uh, these these kids, they're bad at this. Yeah, they they sure do just keep easily pointing out who they might be to randos, even though they might not be saying it, but they're definitely not acting like animals at times. <laughs> Tobias almost dies to actual normal animals without, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're not even hostiles or aliens he just yeah they're just they're just regular ass wolves that he almost get eaten by and also he's weirdly horny towards another bird <laughs> <laughs> oh you ain't it's seen really... nothing yet <sighs> great cool <laughs> so it wasn't already weird and uh upsetting with it being a 12 year old kid being yeah horny towards a bird <laughs> you want to hear us talk about 12 year old kids being horny for birds the axe files <laughs> um <laughs> I feel like that, if anything, is more of an indication for people to not subscribe to <laughs> You want to hear us talk about 12-year-olds being horny towards animals? Hmm, no. No thanks, actually. But yeah, you'll also get stuff on the Patreon, like uh, weekly Let's Plays from Vivian. 
Uh, are you back on the Pokemon, or have you swapped off to something no, yeah, else? I've, I'm, I'm back on Pokemon. Yeah, it was nice. just that one. It, it was that one break uh, between episodes three and four that I had to distract myself because. Uh, Spoiler alert here for the Nuzlocke. Uh, well, as of episode four, uh, we're at seven deaths. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, turns out when you have to fight like a like level thirteen uh, Furfrow, you know the fucking Afro dog, that thing is fucking strong early on in the game, and that thing just fucking chews through you. <laughs> that thing took out so many guys. <laughs> That's like, rough. Was, yeah, no, I was expecting to lose somebody to tell them uh, Young Goose in my game, which we did, because it uh, turns out I tried to weaken them with a Wingle, and they uh, definitely weakened Wingle's uh, defense down to, like, minus four, and then just one-shot her, so she's dead. But uh, <laughs> And then, like, the most recent one was uh, me being stuck by fucking Type Null, being like, please don't pursuit, and of course they pursued, and that didn't go well. <laughs> we, ha- we, had- we had a Rockra for all of, like, ten minutes, and now she's gone. Alas. See? See? I, I'm trying to remember Rockruff's gender. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Rockruff, you were barely in the party for long before you died. Uh, yeah. No, it's, uh, but yeah, but like after having like uh, six deaths of Finn, like a few episodes, I was like, I need to take a break, and that's why I did the uh, the one shot episode of uh, me playing Phantom Brigade. Fair enough. We're also yeah. dying to bullshit RNG stuff, because, like, at one point I saw one of my mechs blow up, and I was like, what the fuck happened there? And, like, I rewound and lo- watched it really carefully, and there was a fucking tank, like, half the map away shooting machine gun fire at my mech, which is, like, not going to be accurate at that distance, but one little straight bullet hit when I had such low health and just immediately killed the pilot in there, and it's like, Jesus Christ, one shot did that? <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No. Um... And of course, the other thing you'll get at that level is uh, my discussions of gay books. I provide a weekly review and recommendation of uh, queer materials. I've been doing a lot of comic books lately because I read a lot of comic books, but uh, rest assured, I've got a huge list of mostly speculative fiction. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I think the biggest other thing that we do, I guess the last thing that we do, is a shout-out on the show for the folks who have subscribed to the Patreon. So, I'd like to go ahead and give a huge thank you to Absolute Champion Aurora Borealis. You've been here for us from the beginning, and we love you for it. (laughs) Thank you, Aurora, as always. And also, now I'm looking at the previews, and I'm just realizing the fight that I have shown as the preview in that Phantom Brigade episode is actually from that same fight like mere moments before that fucking tank shoots me <laughs> i didn't do that uh fucking uh thumbnail it just shows that for me thanks game <laughs> thanks youtube you dicks <laughs> uh, yeah all right yeah uh otherwise uh we can move on to episode two the family tree car so we actually know where we've been for the last uh, half episode and all of this one. And this uh, opens up with them realizing they're on top of a larger tree somehow, even though I think there's like smaller trees like around in this forest. I don't know how this works actually. Even. <laughs> uh, and then MT reveals she just doesn't feel pain at all, as mentioned earlier, because they're metallic. Uh, sorry, they're metallic flesh. Uh, they, they, yeah, one. I know. Yeah. They, she, she, they, I guess, <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, they go ahead and just hop on in into the hole that Alan Jackie fell in. 
I'm kind of uh, shocked they don't just immediately fall to the bottom of the tree because they fully... Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, they definitely do make a bunch of metallic noises when they hit stuff, and it's like you would imagine that MT jumps in and just immediately starts breaking every branch down and just caresses them to the ground. Well, yeah, but also they like they do that diving pose where your body is just a straight line with no eyes or yeah, anything. Yeah, just immediately just... going through every part of this tree then. Yeah, they, they're fully missile diving this tree. Yeah, which hey, would solve this entire episode a lot faster <laughs> to skip the entirety of all the dialogue trees to follow these npcs in here and find alan jackie immediately if you do that <laughs> uh but yeah in any case uh jesse is hesitant to do so because he is made of weak fleshy bits and not metal but he does eventually follow them into the tree too uh he and he keeps calling her at uh, them grown girl uh but they refuse to go by that nor give a specific name at all because gender <laughs> uh, they're eventually hailed by two like the best way I can describe these people is that they're like wood carvings made into the tree. Yeah, like, it's very strange. They're like yeah, it's like these are like people that you would like see on like I don't know like an actual like family tree like that was like drawn or something, but they're just like animated like wood carvings of them in the tree. Yeah, there's a lot like, there's, a, there's a lot of questions about this tree as well that we'll get into later. <laughs> they're portraits, but they're like animate, but also 3D. Yeah. It's it's kinda like Imagine if someone made a wood sculpture of these people and then pasted it onto the tree, but it was moving them alive. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very strange. But yeah, uh eventually at some point I just stopped writing down all these people's names because I actually didn't get any voice actors for any of them. But these two are uh Sinesta and Wilbur Gillicuddy who ask for their names because they're just trying to be polite. And at this, MT gives in and refers to herself as such. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep... I'm going to use the ones I have in my, in my notes. I, I know we can use hyper pronouns. I'm just going to use the ones in here. Yeah, like uh, it is what yeah. it is. Uh, that yeah. is my choice. I don't expect you to go along with it. <laughs> yeah, like obviously we'll get there later on, I think, when other name stuff comes up. But yeah, but in any case, uh, yeah, they uh, haven't seen Alan Dracula anywhere when they ask the two of them if they've seen him. Uh, but then, but yeah, they introduce themselves and the whole like Gillicuddy family tree. But another branch nearby who is, uh, I believe the name would be pronounced Ishmus? I S T H M U S. Ishmus? I don't know. Whatever. This guy doesn't matter. Uh, Trungleshank. Uh, <laughs> and he calls it his family's tree because one of the Gillicuddies married a Trungleshank in the past. So they're basically just all here on the same family tree, which again brings up a lot of questions about how this stuff works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're basically just the two families are feuding over the marriage and all and don't want to let MT and Jesse ask Trungleshanks anything because they believe that the tree is theirs and therefore it's their rule of law these being the gillicuddies so mt just decides to charge off without their help just because like fuck these people whatever i'm not dealing with this shit i mean honestly uh tree full of old racist people like yeah yeah they are like they really do look like they're all like old like colonial era kind of people where it's like yeah these people would be like just fully like bellows kind of deal I mean, yeah, like, the two families are fancy colonial people and hillbillies, neither of whom are particularly noted for being inclusive. Yeah, yep, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, hey, at least, uh... 
Uh, fucking God, why am I drawing a blank on his name? At least Caleb, uh, where the vein was, <laughs> at least enough to the point where he was into witches and uh, you know married one and got, well, got one pregnant before dying. <laughs> uh, yeah. In any case, uh, Jesse thinks that they shouldn't just leave like that because they could help the people here, and then he has the great idea that he could uh, fix their feud since he's great friends of everybody, and he lists like some examples of like being able to be easily be friends with people at school. <laughs> Being like, I could make friends with these assholes, right? Uh, I hope so. Me? Well, he's not gonna spoilers. <laughs> uh, he he then asks why uh, NT is mad at him, but reveals it's really not his fault, and it's a more complicated relationship with Tulip, referring to her as just a friend rather than her uh, their reflection, and that they had to stop seeing Tulip in order to just be herself. You know, really like trying to basically get around describing the actual specifications but making it sound like it was like oh we used to be friends and i just stopped seeing her because i had to be do my own thing kind of deal mm-hmm. uh but yeah but that's why uh nt doesn't like being told how to look or act or present themselves at this point just because mirror stuff <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah they then say that they like the deer more than jesse because the deer doesn't ask them to do stuff <laughs> compared to Jesse. Uh, so Jesse does decide to go off on his own to try to help the families out. And he goes and like uh, finds two other Toronto tanks, uh, Seth and Richard, who are too focused on how they think that what they did was telling the Gillicuddies off. Basically just telling them, yeah, good on you for telling them to fuck off. So he <laughs> makes zero progress trying to get anywhere with these people. Yeah, this and... tree is just full of gossip mongers. Yeah, and I don't know how these people move such gods around this tree when they're stuck in place <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're just shouting that loudly that they were able to let everybody else hear <laughs> but yeah uh but then t is eventually struck between uh at this point i started just using like abbreviations so they're marietta g and nathaniel t because they're also making fun of each other because apparently she died eating an orange peel which she claims is the most nutritious part of the orange which i think is actually accurate i think i, I don't know think that's true but i don't eat enough fruit to know i'm looking it up uh <laughs> oh. is an orange peel nutritious uh though often discarded orange peels are rich in important nutrients such as fiber vitamin c and polyphenols i think that's how you're it still huh. they're bitter can be hard to digest and may harbor pesticide residuals so yeah maybe maybe uh make sure that it's clean if you're gonna actually eat it <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah, in any case, uh, yeah, apparently she died trying to eat the orange peel, and he apparently died from sitting too hard on the toilet seat. <laughs> we'll come back to that because, uh, part of the trivia I actually have is how he would have died on the toilet seat. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, not expected, but yep, <laughs> the crew definitely did, uh, say some theories. <laughs> but yeah, empty, just, uh, bust their way past the branches that they have, kind of just put up in their way a little bit. Well, Jesse tries to brokering peace between four uh, Gillicuddy kids who keep, who apparently kept breaking the milk bottles of Wilbur and Leona uh, Trundleshank. I'm already sorry to forget their names, even because I just wrote T here. Uh, I don't but, blame you though; they're dumb names. Yeah, they're they're yeah they're they're dumb names. None of these people have voice actors from what I could find, so none of this really matters. Uh, but yeah, apparently that was because the pair had refused to invite the kids to their own kids' birthday parties. But they claimed that was because they couldn't afford to feed every kid in the neighborhood. But also, these four kids were apparently the only ones not invited. <laughs> just back and forth, but just like, yeah, you're assholes, all of you. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, they basically all of them don't want to help Jesse out unless he picks a side, and Jesse says he doesn't want anyone to get mad at him, and when he does that, his number goes from 32 to 33, because he's not he's not really doing anything really to try to help directly, and he's trying to just be centrist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but he, his uh, solution is to just offer him to sing a song with them, but they just basically knock him off the tree and send him right to MTU. <laughs> at least Some he didn't just fall to his death. Like, I feel... It's admirable, at the very least, that he wants to try and help people get along. Yeah, he's trying but to he's understand the situation. he's not actually doing anything to help them do that, is the problem. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's trying to like understand the situation to find a solution, but his solution is just, well, let's just ignore that and sing a song! Woo! Let's be happy! And it's like, yeah. you kind of need to like find the heart of this matter, really, and like try to actually address it at the root, rather than... Not to, not to use uh, a couple of tree jokes there. Lovely. But... Yeah, but like, I mean, you have to like try to find the cause of this rather than just being like, what about this solution that's completely unrelated? No, it turns <laughs> out no. Uh, but yeah. In any case, uh, yeah, he admits to MT that trying to resolve their craft didn't help, and his number actually goes back to 32 with that admission at least, so... I guess it's like something I just assumed that on the train, usually you were having to help everybody in the cars, but him, he's basically being like, yeah, no, these people are unhelpful, <laughs> and like, that actually <laughs> makes his number progress, so... I, I guess that's personal growth on his part, being like, you can't help everybody. Right. Uh, but yeah. But MT thinks that he has been slowing them down, and that he cannot even help himself, referencing that that is why people end up on the train at all, because they need help, and he's not able to help himself, so he's going to be stuck here forever, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, during this argument, the two of them are grabbed by branches, and really enough, Jesse's body starts to turn into wood because of this. Yeah, uh, I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, Do you think he would have become one of the people on the tree? I hope not. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, we'll never find out because uh, MT does apologize in the end for agreeing that kids will probably call him Pinocchio. Because he's like, everybody's going to call me Pinocchio. And they're just like, yeah, they probably will. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but when they do apologize, they notice that the branches start to retract a little bit. And his, uh, I phrase this badly, his wooden thing reverts. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to describe it otherwise. My notes say that, and now I'm realizing uh, that's probably a, not not the bad jo joke about penises, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but MT then decides to test the theory, and that the tree grows when fighting occurs. So they and Jesse start being polite towards each other instead, to offset the families around them just screaming at each other, <laughs> just at each other's throats all the fucking time. Sounds like a miserable way to spend your afterlife. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they basically do this to enable to reach the bottom, where uh, they don't actually address this, but it's something you have to kind of look at, because you can see, like, I, presumably the two that did get married are down here, because it's uh, Gilda and Herbert, and they're, like, kissing and all, so they must have yeah, been Yeah, they the are just that... eternally making out. They are so distracted yep. by their makeouts. <laughs> uh, well, they're not animated, they're just, like, stationary during that. <laughs> uh... At least I didn't see them animated. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, again, there's there's questions about this tree that I'll bring up of like, how uh, it's it's something that's in the, my trivia as well about how this tree actually is here or if trees fuse into each other, if stuff like this happens, are all these people dead from the real world? Are they dead people on the train? Are they even dead people at all? Yeah, yeah, it's it's just all just a fucking like make believe thing just for the story of this train car. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, in any case, uh, they're at the bottom of the tree and they call for Alan Dracula and uh, they finally spot him because they realize that he's just fully walking up the side of the tree. 
via rainbow, <laughs> rainbow with magic. <laughs> so they're they're just like fucking frustrated because like ah oh, jeez, okay, we didn't have to come down here at all. So they heard yeah, th- this fucking guy. Am I right? But yeah, they climb up the tree a little bit. Somehow just like scaling the side of the tree, not trying to climb up branches a little bit to catch up to him. Uh, and they eventually hit a ride on his antlers back up because they're like, this sucks, let's just use him. <laughs> <laughs> and indeed, then that he shouldn't have yelled at him, and he does apologize to you for yelling back. And at this, Empty offers to go with him and help him lower his number in order to get herself and the deer alone again, in order to just make sure that he's not, not in their hair. Uh, but then Jesse reveals that his number began at 31 and has gone up a little bit since uh, he got on the train, <laughs> so she's just annoyed and flicked him on the head and brings up questions again because it's a big metallic thunk sound and it's like Jesse's skin isn't metal. <laughs> no. How's it happen? Well, uh, presumably that's MT's metal finger thunking against Jesse's skull. <laughs> or maybe if it's like if uh, they're doing like, you know, having like your finger hitting your thumb a little bit and before it flicks out, maybe that's the metal sound from the finger leaving, like making contact with the thumb. Well, yeah, I guess that could be. Yeah, before it flicks. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not able to make uh, my pr- uh, demonstration here audible on my mic at all, but <laughs> yeah, you, do it yourself, you'll figure, you'll you'll see that, hear that little tiny faint snap or whatever, like, it's probably just that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I know we have questions, so we'll go to that, because I don't, I'm kind of tired of talking, and turns out Jesse's voice actor is pretty fucking prolific, so I want to break it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> So, if you have questions for us, you can send them to us at usweirdoscast on Twitter, or uh, usweirdos on co-host, or usweirdoscast at gmail.com. We kind of locked down that name. <laughs> um, we have a few questions this week, uh, starting with M. Healy, at M. of Healy on Twitter. Deers are like smaller, weirder horses, right? Have any weird deer stories? And uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and take this one first, if that's okay. Because mm-hmm. you did say you wanted a break from talking. Um, <laughs> so the thing is, is that my last job before I left having a job to be in school all the time, and frankly, it's just about equivalently miserable. But either way, uh, my last job was as a pool cleaner. So I went to rich people's houses and into their backyards and cleaned their pools. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the time, the rich people in Texas tend to live out of the city, like up north where it's more wooded, just because they're rich and they can afford to not be away from people. Or to be away from people, because they have folks to go do their grocery shopping or whatever, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so, that means is that a lot of these rich people's houses bordered on the woods. And so what that means is, more than once, I went into people's yards to clean their swimming pool, and there were just deer chilling in the pool. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, it's just very strange because just I had to... Being like, all, do you mind? We're trying to bathe here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I still had to do the job, so it's just me working around the deer and trying not to freak them out so I don't get stampeded or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the most I really have with that is just like, uh, you know, because my mom lives in Pennsylvania and all, in like a really mountainous area, so they occasionally just get deer hanging around all the time there. And like... There was definitely one point when I was just, like, walking out to my car to head out, I think, to work or whatever, when I lived there briefly before I moved to uh, North Carolina and all. And, like, I'm just distracted and everything. I look up, and there's just, like, three deer hanging out on the lawn, like, within, like, maybe, like, six to ten feet of me. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, hey, what's up? 
And they just kind of look at me and it's just like, okay, what's up? <laughs> and then I just walk past, <laughs> like kind of walk to the car. They don't do anything. So they don't give a fuck. Like they they see so many people around there all the time that deer are not phased at all. And also because like <laughs> they liked eating some of the plants my mom had. So she was getting pissed about that and had to like use like anti-deer spray or whatever to keep them away. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, nothing like that, uh, besides just seeing deer like that, just because deer are fucking everywhere in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. still at least something. It's just hanging out on the front lawn in the middle of the day, not not reacting at all, because deer. <laughs> that's fair. But, deer do do But that. also, to the first question, yes, deer are smaller, weirder horses. <laughs> to be fair, horses are also really weird and intimidating as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends on the deer and the horse, right? Some deer are bigger than horses. Oh, yeah. Like, if we're comparing, like, a full-grown deer and, like, a pony, then, yes, obviously the deer is larger. But, well, like, a I feel like... not a horse. That's a separate species. Okay, I, I kind of love that <laughs> horse. <laughs> uh, now, are ponies smaller, weirder deer? <laughs> uh, yes. It's follow-up question. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and Healy, respond to us about that question when you hear this episode in, like, four weeks. <laughs> uh... Yeah, um, we also have questions from Aurora Borealis at Casey Cosmos. Uh, what makes a bard particularly spoony? And I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to lean on you for this, because I don't know what that means, and you put it in the question post. <laughs> so, so when I brought that up with the D&D reference, it's like, because that, you know, obviously you know that's a reference to Final Fantasy IV, right? No, I don't know what that means. Uh, okay, yeah, because in, in Final Fantasy IV, like, one of the early party members, in which there's a bunch of them, because a lot of them, like, leave the party or die at Pines, and it's like, one of them is, uh, I think his name is Edgar, or Ed Edward, the bard, and, like, uh, the whole thing is that, like, early on, another guy you're teamed up with is, like, this old, like, wizard Tella, I think is how his name would be pronounced, is pissed at the, other, at the bard because the bard is, like, dating his daughter, <laughs> basically. And there's, like, a bit where, like, he tries to fight him, and he's calling him a spoony bard as a result. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't ever heard, you spoony bard. <laughs> no. That just... I, it's not a phrase that makes sense, even with that explanation. So, no, I don't know what it means. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking up the... I'm looking up Spoony Bard on the Final Fantasy wiki to see if there's an actual, like, agreement of what Spoony would... Uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, I mean, this is like the same translation guy that also brought up that did the Son of a Submariner line that Kefka has in Final Fantasy VI's translation. Um, the word spoonie means enamored in a silly or sentimental way. Thus, Tella's usage of the word to refer to Edward is adapt uh, is apt at describing Edward's actual character, but the term is considered archaic, and Tella's use is such a mild insult given his anger is unlikely. Huh. Yeah, his impression of Edward at this point is that he was a simple bard who had manipulated Anna, his daughter, into eloping with him, not someone who was foolish and genuinely loved her. So yeah, I, it's really just like, oh, he's thinking that he's just like some fucking goofball dumbass, I guess. So, I guess it's like, I mean, I would describe uh, Edgin as a spoony bard, but that's also because he's like kind of a silly, not great dad at times. <laughs> and like, you know... You know, he's like the wisecracking bard that you imagine that a lot of bards are, and I feel like a lot of that comes from, like, the depiction of, like, uh, the halfling bard in the first season of Critical Role, who, like, oh. at some points, like, can actually, like, cast magic from his crotch. <laughs> so, yeah. I just, I don't know. I, 
This is devolving back to D&D talk, but I personally yeah. feel that Edgen is not a bard at all. I'm pretty sure that he is a rogue who is masquerading as a bard. <laughs> Even though he has basically a better version of bardic inspiration as a reaction three times a day? <laughs> well, in his sheet, yes, that is what the official stat block says, but in the movie, like he doesn't do that. I'm pretty sure... He's proficiency the... in persuasion and deception, and other than that, the other thing he does is sneak up behind them and sneak attack them. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm pretty sure, like, the actual, like, creators of the movie do call him a bard. <laughs> like how they call uh, Hel uh, Holga a barbarian, even though she doesn't actually have rage on that stat block. But also, like, I mean, to be fair, they're, like, more, like, NPC versions of the classes rather than the classes themselves. Yeah, I don't know. Because Edgin and Doric never cast spells. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it makes more sense to me if he's a rogue, given that mm -hmm. he doesn't actually have magic. And given how effective he is at bonking people on the head. <laughs> yeah, but his, his loot is also like a reinforced loot or something. It's designed to bonk people on the head besides play music. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's it just doesn't... Also, also, most people have like five hit points when they're an NPC that aren't like enemies. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking of Galir Faith here in particular. An AC of ten and five hit points. Takes ten damage, full dead. <laughs> Shout out to Galir. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I like I would describe him as a spoony bard if we go based on like what they say of him being a bard and not a rogue. I would not call Elon from Order of Stick a spoony bard, but also that's because Elon just has like childish wonder towards things and doesn't really know any better, just because like he had a very secl like secluded upbringing in like a small town and all. And also like he's silly, but like he's not like. He's not silly intentionally or, like, wisecracking or anything, even though he later on actually gets the ability to equip to do, like, charisma damage to people with a rapier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, like, you know, I, I think there's a distinction there of, like, Elon does it because, like, he's just there trying to help out compared to, like, Edgin just being a goof all the times. <laughs> so I would, yeah, I would classify Edgin as Boonie, but not Elon. And I'm trying to think of other parts now and then I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, obviously, Edward from Final Fantasy IV is a spoony bard, because he gets called a spoony bard, which is where the term comes from. Uh, I think that's, I, I think that's like, the only Final Fantasy besides, like, the MMOs that actually has bard as a class, actually, now that I think about it. Because even then, it's, like, it's really not, like, a class. It's just, like, in Final Fantasy IV, they all have, like, their set stuff, like how Cecil starts as a dark knight that becomes paladin early on. Well, okay. Yeah. I'm surprised you never heard that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. to all intents and purposes, that is not a thing as far as I can tell. Hmm. <laughs> Anthem. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Aurora also asks, what about a spooky bard? What are they like? Uh, and the answer is they play theremins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like a spooky bard is like definitely the kind of person who's like playing like like death dirges and stuff like that all the time in the form as a form of party inspiration <laughs> which is like like the dm and like the other players be like how is that inspiring yeah. <laughs> sure i mean you're using the class ability but i don't get it <laughs> well the uh, there there was a fairly recently released subclass for the bard the college of spirits wherein oh, you right, uh, right. tell yeah. ghost stories instead of actually performing music, and that feels very in character, just like the uh, oh, yeah. the yeah. storyteller around the fire reminding you of the things that hide in the dark. That's very... <laughs> yeah. But, um, oh, now I'm trying to remember. Was Fig originally College of Spirits before she changed to College of Lore in Fantasy Guy Season 2? 
Uh, I think that's too I long ago. There's no way. <laughs> uh, I'm curious. I want to see now. Uh, Fig definitely didn't had the different subclass at the start. Oh, Fig, uh, Fig was originally College of Whispers. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's yeah, do it. Yeah, and it's now College of Lore with a level of Warlock because Emily Axford can't get away from it being having that one level dip of X-Blade. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then finally, uh, Aurora asks, uh, is there a family feud question that cannot result in a naked grandma answer? <laughs> I feel like yes, but I also can't think of it at the moment because, like, I haven't watched Family Feud in the longest fucking time. I don't even know. It's, uh... Oh, um... God, who was the guy who was the host for the longest time? And Steve I don't know Harvey? if he's still the host. Yeah, is Steve Harvey still the host? He sure is. God, meanwhile, it's like, I'm think, trying to think back, and it's like, the most time that I really watched Family Feud was when I was still, like, camping for a week in Pennsylvania. Like, back when I was, like, high school and college. Because, <laughs> like, we brought, like, a crappy little 13-inch TV just because it was like, we need something here to not go insane being out here for a week. Um... I mean, to be fair, that was also, like, during the summer, so it's like, you get to watch stuff like that and Price is Right more often because you're done at school. Um, <laughs> it's been see. a while, but the Game Show Network was always playing, always, in the break room at Target, so... <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, example Family Feud questions. Name an occasion where parents force their kids to wear a certain outfit. Make a grandma. <laughs> mm. <laughs> get overdressed to compensate for grandma, not wearing clothes. <laughs> Uh, name a reason that someone might ride their bike to work. <laughs> yeah, Maybe I guess you gotta, get out, you gotta get out of the house. <laughs> My car's in the shop, but I had to get to work because <laughs> I just had to get away. Uh, name something that might come out of your nose when you laugh. Naked grandma. I, I would say no to that one. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that works. I don't think survey says, and I don't think you're getting anything on the survey says. I think you're getting next to that one. Uh, and, well, this one I'm gonna say yes. Name qualities of a bad boss. You could have a well, naked yeah, grandma as a boss. Do. Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks, Google. <laughs> Three out of four. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we found it. It's stuff that comes out of your nose because I don't think uh, naked elderly people are possibly being in your nose instead of boogers. Uh, there's look, probably a book about look, that. Look, on the train, all things are possible, but in the real world, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, nudity doesn't exist on the train. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, no, well, I mean, yes and no, because, like, technically all the Corginians are naked. I, I brought it up, like, when Atticus doesn't have his uh, crown, he looks oddly naked, much like when King took it off his collar. I guess. Even, even though in both cases they actually just were fully naked regardless. <laughs> Since they have fur, so you don't see anything, obviously. Alright, uh, in any case, we have a little bit of trivia that we haven't already gone over. Uh, I'm going to leave the big one of Jesse's voice actor for last, just because it's a bit long. So I'll cover the stuff real quick. Uh, the, like, as I already mentioned, the Black Market Car episode takes place roughly two months after book one's end. Uh, the story about kids collecting eraser bits that I totally skipped mentioning from Jesse's story earlier on about how you can make friends with people was an actual real event that, uh, show, uh, creator Lindsay, or, uh, writer Lindsay Katai actually had in school. So that's just fully taken from real life. Weird. Yeah. Uh... The crew's theories on how Nathaniel died on the toilet seat are as follows. Owen Davis thinks that he broke the seat and lacerated his legs. Madeline Kierpiel? I'm, I'm, I'm butchering that last name. I apologize, Madeline, but you're also not going to hear this. Uh, thinks that he ruptured a blood vessel from sitting too hard. And Lindsay Katai thinks that he broke his hip and a shard of his hip traveled into his brain. <laughs> uh... 
Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know how anything really happens, but sure. <laughs> I don't. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see breaking the seat and accidentally having like the, the, because like, toilet seats are like porcelain, right? I believe. <laughs> I could see uh, if, they, if you mean, break that by accident. Once upon a time, maybe. Like. Back then, yeah. It's expensive. Yeah, but back then, maybe they were made of different material that, like, yeah, if you broke it, it might actually be sharp and lacerate your legs and you just bleed out. Yeah. I guess, uh, but that's like getting thrown into a toilet, not sitting down too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's specified that he died sitting on the toilet, not that he got thrown into it. <laughs> maybe it was just a really shitty old toilet seat, and he, him sitting on it, he just sat on it too hard and it broke or whatever. Maybe he was standing on it for some reason, trying to fix something, and then, like, stepped on the wrong part of it, and it broke. And just ripped apart his leg. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, those are the theories. Uh, funnily enough, compared to that, the crew basically has said that they've avoided answering people about other questions, like, if the people in the tree had died in the real world and then became a tree on the train, or how the two trees these two families came together, and, like, again, like, why flicking Jesse's head with a metal hand makes a metal sound. Because yeah. not, Jesse's not made of metal. But they, it's funny because like, the refrain for all of it was them being like, yeah, it's funny you ask me that. Anyway. <laughs> like some, Basically like that being like, yeah, right, you know, fuck it. <laughs> it's a show, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't think about the train as much. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, I also do have, real quick, the name of the baker lady, who is Miss Graham, apparently. Uh, but she's voiced by a great uh, Delise, who we've covered plenty of times before. She's been in like every show we've covered so right, far. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the most prolific voice actors in the English language. So. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of gets around to all the shows that we uh, seemingly cover because I guess she she goes up on most of queer stuff. <laughs> but the big one is Jesse, which apparently Jesse's last name is Kosei, which I found out by looking up this. And he is voiced by Robbie Damon, who everybody knows because he's been in so much shit. Uh, I could not write everything, but I wrote down a lot of stuff. Uh, he is Lino Ferdinand in, Metal G- in uh, uh, not Metal Gear Solid, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin. I abbreviated <laughs> MSG and then in my head thought MGS. Uh, Tuxedo Mask in Sailor Moon and Sailor Moon Crystal. Smokey Brown in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. G- Galio Balden in Mobile Suit Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans. Peter Parker in Marvel Future Avengers, 2018 to, 2016 to 18's Avengers Assemble, and the 2017 to 2020 Spider-Man show, which is called Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He is also Goro Akechi, aka an asshole, in both Persona 5 and the anime adaptation. <laughs> Fuck Akechi, that guy sucks. Uh, he is Saray in Tales of Zestiria, and also its anime adaptation. And he's also everybody's best boy, Hubert Von Vestra from Five of the Three Houses, which I did not fucking know until I saw that. And it's like, that guy's Hubert? <laughs> he's so fucking edgy and over the top as Hubert. <laughs> he sounds nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, he's in a lot of shit. <laughs> a lot of anime, a lot of games, a lot of Marvel stuff. <laughs> yeah, but that's all I have for trivia, because we already kind of covered stuff at times during it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. It feels like in this show I've been stepping on your feet without a little more because we actually have trivia no, now. It's okay. So I got yeah. used to just yeah, no, yeah. We were so used to the trivia for air quotes trivia for Shira just being voice actors and that was it. And now there's actually <laughs> trivia, trivia again. And it's like at times it just comes up like you basically saying like, oh yeah, they said that they've been chasing uh, MT for months, and it's like, well, actually that's related to the trivia, so I'll discover that now because it makes sense. <laughs> it's being brought up in conversation. 
or the toilet seat thing where I alluded to it being like, we will cover that in a sec because there's theories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's all, that's all we got so far for these two, and we're basically about, well, for the listeners, we're not going to take a break, basically, but for us, we are going to be taking a break from the show for a week, because Owl House keeps coming back when we least expect it. Yeah, they surely do. Yep. <laughs> that's really yeah. fun, because one of these weeks I'm going to be moving out of Canada, and at this point, I think yep. we've got enough recorded that... If we do three more, I will be covered for that move, so... Yeah, because, uh, I mean, we only had put out the episode on Season 1, Episodes 3 and 4 last week yep. so far. So we still have those other three of Season 1 plus this one now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so it's like we yeah. have essentially like... A, well, once we have one of those up, we'll have essentially a still backlog of three to put up if you need to take time during the move. Yeah, so... Yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of covered for our buffer. I don't... <laughs> yeah. Because you said last time it took you like four days of drive to get to Canada, right? Uh, I mean, not really. It was only just like two days. I yeah, think we made that's... it three just for convenience, but it was only a two-day drive. Okay. But th- that's still a lot, though. Yeah, that's true. That's, but... so, that's so many hours in a car for each day. <laughs> it's like how recently my mom went down to Florida to like help clear out some stuff from like their family home and to like help get some stuff in order for her brother who's been in like a assisted living home for a while and it's like they drove down there and it's like yeah that was still like um did, i think they did it in two days but that's still like 10 hour days each time because from like pennsylvania to florida it's like 18 ish hours without stopping it sucks <laughs> I used to do that all the time back when I was a kid because they used to always haul us all in the van and just drive out there and it's like they would just take it in shifts we wouldn't stop so it's just like three kids trying to sleep in a fucking van and it's like that sucks and it's like you know you spend the entire fucking day in a van as a result that's the worst (laughs) (laughs) especially with three kids when you don't have any amount of decent space and I always got fucking screwed on like the sleeping arrangement in the car so it's like at times me just trying to lay there with my Game Boy playing something (laughs) Yay! I, I don't mind. Uh, car trips are fine. Gotta stop and take breaks enough to stretch out, but generally yeah. fine. Yeah. I think it's like, I don't think it's as much of a problem these days for me if I had to go that far. Because, like, I mean, when I drove up here from North Carolina with my friend, like, that was like 10 hours the first day. Just, what's, no, it was like 8 or 9 to get to Jersey, and then we stayed in Jersey overnight, and then the other three. Uh, the next morning and got to Connecticut around noon so it's like that wasn't the worst but it's like it's also like nobody really on the road that much because it was like uh, Monday I think is the day we left I think that was that sounds right because I think we arrived on a Tuesday so it's like that wasn't like the worst drive or anything because barely anybody was on the road in the middle of the day (laughs) but when you're a kid and you don't have shit to do and you're relying upon the batteries in a Game Boy for the entertainment in a van with the other four members of your family kind of sucks <laughs> when you're like eight <laughs> during all that times we only flew to florida once during all that and that was like a yearly thing we used to do to go see maternal grandparents and everything and it's like we only flew once and it was like when i was like six i think and i remember that plane in particular because that plane was like a weird one but it only had like 
you know two seats on each side is like you know with one uh walkway in the middle mm -hmm. and in the very back there was one section that was five seats across and we had to take that because there was no other way we could fit anywhere and you <laughs> don't want to you don't want to split it up with like two two and one with those other bucket seats or whatever <laughs> and that plane was really shit <laughs> not a great experience flying the first time and turns out i've never had a great experience flying since <laughs> oh dear <laughs> well, I mean, part of that is because I just can't fall asleep, like, on, like, any sort of situation where I'm, like, sitting upright. So it's, like, I can't fall asleep on planes very well at all. It just sucks. And, like, I mean, to be fair, in, like, the other flights since then, it was, like, really stuff like flying out to California. Or, in one case, taking the red eye. And it's, like, that's the worst. Why would you do that? And it's, like, oh, because we can sleep on the plane. It's, like, no, because y'all can sleep on the plane. I can't. <laughs> great thanks fuck me over i guess and like uh you know past that it's like you know realizing stuff about like you know anxiety and like the lack of gallbladder meaning i'm more susceptible to motion sickness and being more anxious about stuff means that i also feel more uh sick to my stomach at times so i need to take like really good anti-anxiety medications and like anti-nausea medications to even potentially get on one it's bad i don't like it i haven't been <laughs> i haven't flown on a plane since 2016 don't want to change that anytime soon Well, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty sixteen, because that was the last time I was out in California, like when my niece was like nine months old. Ten? No, eight months old, I think. Something like that. It was like literally the week before the twenty sixteen election. So not great. <laughs> I associate that last time I was on a plane with some bad shit. Turns out, <laughs> besides. Uh, you know, being on a plane, being miserable, and then being in California and kind of also being miserable because, you know, shitty family and stuff, and then 2016 election, so, shit. <laughs> it sucks. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just continuing to watch this rabbit dance. Because <laughs> I have this one open. <laughs> yeah, I think we're done, right? I think, think we're ideas? probably done, yeah. I yeah. Mean, I got no other input on long car rides except that I like them because I read a lot of books. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like if if you're like yeah, if you're able, to, if somebody else is driving, you're able to read. Like honestly, I haven't been able to really like read while as a passenger. But it's like when I drive by myself, it's like I'll just toss on like an audiobook or a podcast and just drunk like chill out, and not focus on stuff as much. Huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um. I think we should probably do our plugs. So, if you have enjoyed our show, you can catch me on Twitter at Patch underscore Jacket, where I have really been on a tear retweeting stuff lately on account of I'm avoiding doing my homework. Yay, ADHD. Um, also... Sure, there's also a lot of bullshit going on at the moment, too. But then again, when has the bullshit ever stopped in the last, like, half a decade, really? <laughs> I mean, honestly, yes. But, yeah, yeah um, also on the uh, show All on the Table at twitchtv.com, twitch.tv slash the transverse uh, i'm just going to say that i am on the first and fourth saturdays of every month at 3 p.m eastern time uh i'm not going to say which shows i'm on because at this point our buffer is so far ahead i just truly cannot predict when this will go up so <laughs> yep and i am still at the underscore oblivion on twitter and just oblivion on uh co-host which i always forget about and i Every time it's like just long enough that my co-host logged me out, and then it's like, what's my fucking password again? I'll think about it later, <laughs> and then I don't. <laughs> but, 
It's a bad habit. Uh, turns out when you have like eight different passwords for stuff, you start to forget one. <laughs> uh yeah no mostly still on twitter doing the same shit mm -hmm. um you know if you follow me you know at this point what to expect me retweeting a bunch of like bullshit shit that the republican party is up to being just absolutely fucking corrupt in every way possible and it sucks and also people you know giving a bunch of shit about trans people yeah yay Ben. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, um, that's, uh, I think that'll do it for us today, so until mm -hmm. next time, remember, us weirdos yeah, have to stick have together. To stick together. Bye. Bye. Jonathan. <laughs>